This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Hold on, I'm fixing my camera. Hold on. Yeah. Good evening. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. I find it amusing that I uh, submitted a whole bunch of new emotes for the channel. And almost all of them are under review. But twerk for the children. No review, no nothing. It's just there. You can use it. Twerk for the children. <laughs> of course, inspired by our friend DM and other right-wingers who think that twerking is inherently sexual. <laughs> I'm horrible. I'm horrible. Also, uh, Hall and Oates for the children's. Is twerking sexual? Is it just is it inherently sexual? I don't know. I'm not high enough for this shit. Welcome, it's a freaking Sunday. We got a lot of shit to talk about tonight. By the way, I'm not on YouTube. I'm sorry to anybody who usually watches on YouTube. Apparently playing the Golden Globes got me in trouble. Now serving a two-week ban on YouTube because this is my second strike. My first strike comes off on February the 3rd. So don't expect content on YouTube until after February the 3rd because you know me. The Matrix got me. <laughs> oh, goddamn. Tadpole, Buddha Bean, Warlord, good evening. So glad to see you guys. Excuse me for a second. I've got wild video tonight. Remember a few weeks ago when we said that they needed to arm the children's in order to pre protect them from cops? Simp. We had a whole thing and how I went off on like we need to arm the children, make sure they're protected from cops because cops out here raping children and shit. Somebody listen to us. We apparently have a Troll Patrol fan out here because I have video of a toddler with a gun just, just roaming around, brandishing a firearm outside of his apartment. There was this huge plane crash in Nepal. I've got video from outside the plane. I've got video from inside the plane. Both of them are wild. Our Lord brings up a near miss. We don't have video of that, but we actually have video of the, what, what'd you call it? The radar, the flight radar, showing the near miss. Or is it a Jerry Seinfeld bit? Where it's like, why don't they call it a near hit? That might have been a Mitch, uh, Mitch Hedberg bit, actually. Sky Comet, good evening, my friend. So glad to see you. I, I acknowledged you. Right off the bat, I noticed you. You tried to sneak in here. You can't pull one over on me. <laughs> hey, Justin. Clinically, good evening. Are you trolling? I got a friend who has a friend named Austin Bennett. And every time I see him comment on something, I want to be like, hey, do you know about this Austin Bennett, California?
I hope uh, I hope uh, you guys got to join us on was it Friday Friday night red light over on Echoplex. I ho I hopped on and uh, <laughs> we spent like two hours on Andy Nolch. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off through the whole thing. The cherry is really pretty on the camera when I'm hitting that, isn't it? Cool little picture. What else are we talking about tonight? We got all kinds of shit going on. Alex Jones says he can't go out without being mobbed by fans. People want to pay for his dinner and his drinks and shit. Uh, a few weeks, maybe even a few months back, there was this teacher in, I believe it was Canada. was wearing prosthetic boobies. Right? Made a big stink about it. Apparently, he went on with Tucker Carlson. I know nothing about it. If I had to guess, it's probably some dumb fuck right winger trying to make a point. Like the woman in the cat suit. I'm making a point. I'm really interested to see uh, what Tucker talked about with this dude. I think it's a dude. On Friday night, I'm assuming. Since the last time I saw you, even more storms have hit California. I have wild video of even more flooding. I've got a car that was teetering over a cliff. Man almost got crushed by a boulder. I got video of that. Whoo. We're going to go to South Carolina and see a dude take down a... Walmart shopper that had a knife was apparently trying to stab people. We're going to get into some criminal justice tonight. LAPD tased a man to death after a pursuit. Questions remain about why they did that. Residents of Chicago upset about officers who are tied to the hate group, the Proud Boys. A police department in Louisiana has been caught destroying records. I've got video of a Chattanooga police department sergeant falling asleep on the job. Then we're going to do a COVID update. Did you know that COVID for the third straight year has been the leading cause of death in cops? So if there's one bright side to COVID, it has provided us with a lot more good cops. The, uh, was it the FDA? I don't know. It doesn't say it in the headline here. The FDA, uh, might've been the CDC comes out and says the bivalent COVID shot from Pfizer may be linked to stroke in older adults. And they are now investigating course, right-wingers ran with this and completely distorted it. Experts are saying the U.S. is not taking COVID serious enough as we are facing a major surge. China. China. Reporting tens of thousands of COVID deaths. And now apparently they're not keeping track of it anymore. President Joe Biden 
President Joe Biden. I, I can't even keep track now of how many sets of documents with classified markings that the current president has been caught with because it feels like every few hours I get a new news update. More classified documents found at Biden's home. Joe. Joe. Come on, man. Cancel Biden indeed. There are right wingers that believe this is some kind of a coup. This is the this is the left trying to replace him before going into the twenty twenty four election. Conspiracy theories abound. We're gonna hear from newly minted House Speaker Kevin McCarthy about the investigations by both of the special counsels. Going to take a side-by-side look at the Trump-Biden handling of classified documents and compare them to one another. Biden spoke today at a <laughs> at Martin Luther King Jr.'s church. Apparently, told a bunch of lies. Um, a familiar refrain with Joe Biden is that he helped fight apartheid in South Africa. That's not true. Uh, it would seem that he brought that up again today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe, Joe, Joe. Come on, man. Speaking of MLK, have you guys seen this statue that was unveiled? Now, I knew the moment I looked at it, I knew what was up. I'll give you my thoughts and everything, and then I'll tell you exactly uh, uh, what makes the statue make sense. A lot of people looked at it and went, what the fuck? However, I've been around a lot of art students, so didn't make me say what the fuck. We're going to talk about the Anti-Woke Caucus. Anti-Woke Caucus. I'm going to play you audio from NPR. This one is going to shock you. School official cut off a reading of a Dr. Seuss book after the children's picked up on the fact that it was a allegory for race. We've got the audio. Over the last few weeks, several people have made jokes about George Santos and that quite possibly not being his name. I assumed they were exactly that, just jokes, because surely he didn't lie about that. Video has surfaced from 2019 where he identifies himself as Anthony DeVolder. Got some funny video of Santos talking to reporters while walking through the halls of Congress. We're going to hear from Carrie Lake on the Mike Huckabee Show. I'm going to show you a clip of uh, the United States contestant from the Miss Universe pageant. If, uh, If you were confused by the statue of MLK, the costume that... The U.S. contestant war in Miss Universe will also confound you. All that and more tonight on the Troll Patrol Live. What's going on, peeps?
you, I come back to the chat and I see clinically saying, say what? And I'm like, in relation to which of the stories that I just talked about? <laughs> say what could apply? Say what could apply to many of the things I just outlined. <laughs> A lot of those were like, say what? Voodoo. Are we talking about the statue? I, I, or no, you might be talking about Miss USA. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, the costume. Yeah, the costume is wild. Um, a lot of people were making fun of the Ukrainian contestant's costume. I thought she did Kenny Omega better than Kenny Omega. Sassy, good evening. Voodoo, good evening. So glad to see you guys. We're going to start off with the content warning because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Nepal plane crash. That's exactly where we're going right now. And woof. I've got wild video. First off, we're going to get the CNN news hit. This uh, was posted to YouTube in the last couple hours. They actually have footage from outside of the plane. I've also got cell phone footage of somebody from inside the plane. Lady B. Good evening, Lady B. CNN Newsroom, I'm Jim Acosta in Washington, and we begin with tragedy in Nepal. At least 68 people are dead in the country's worst plane crash in 30 years. Search and rescue teams were at the site and will be back there at daylight on Monday. Four people are still unaccounted for, and now the search for answers begins. This is apparently... Now, do notice that they had a ad for apparently a CNN original series called Giuliani, What Happened to America's Mayor? Um, As a conservative, it's getting harder and harder to not look like a kook. Sorry, Rudy and Rush were side by side there. I meant to hit this one. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? What happened to him? He's always been like that. But um, if you think that maybe he's gotten a little more um, weird over the last few years, perhaps it's syphilis. And we'll be back there at daylight on Monday. Four people are still unaccounted for, and now the search for answers begins. This is apparently just moments before the crash. Take a look at this. The plane rolling on its side while flying low over a populated area, and then this. Our Vedic Asud is uh, following the story, and she joins me wow. now. Uh, that video shows uh, some really unusual movements by the plane just before it crashed. Uh, what more are you learning? I guess before, before we hear the rest of the story here, I'm going to hit you with another piece of video. Wasn't sure if this was real or not. Apparently it is. Apparently it is. And content warning again. This is harrowing to watch.
that is footage reported to be from inside the airplane crashed into Paul. Quite a rare video there, isn't it, Jim? You barely see such videos just before a plane crash, but that was caught on camera, we believe. That is just moments before the plane crash. Now, according to officials, 68 bodies have been recovered, four are yet to be recovered, and search efforts have stopped for the day, and they will resume Monday morning local time in Nepal. The Prime Minister has ordered a probe in Nepal, and a probe report is expected in the next 45 days. Now, officials don't know why this plane crashed, but what we do know is uh, that most of the people on that plane were from Nepal. There were about 15 foreign nationals on the plane as well. What we also know is that this plane took off at about 10.30 local time in Nepal Sunday morning. And about 18 minutes into its flight path, it lost contact with the Pokhara airport where it was about to land and fell into a gorge. Now, it's been very difficult for search and rescue efforts. If the video is authentic, it is wild how quickly it went from a smiling face, a passenger just showing off his, his ride over the city and enjoying the sights. Like, it was less than 10 seconds, it seemed, before there was fire. I wonder if an engine blew. Did the plane catch fire before it actually crashed? I would assume that's the case, judging from the video, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But the first responders have been trying to ensure that they recover as many bodies as possible, but it's a treacherous terrain. And most of the plane crashes that we know that happen in the Somalian nation are due to inclement weather and the treacherous terrain. We are yet to understand what really went wrong here. There's a day of mourning that's been announced Monday in Nepal, and uh, Yeti Airlines will also not be flying any planes tomorrow. They are mourning the death of at least 68 passengers who were on board that plane, Jim. All right, Vedika Sood, uh, thank you very much for that update. We'll stay on top of it. Uh, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Well, if you're the airline, I would assume you're, you're not flying tomorrow, not just because you're mourning the people that your airline killed, but that you would do an inspection on all of your aircraft following so much and joining me now is cnn transportation analyst mary schiava who was the inspector general at the u.s department of transportation mary i want to play this video again that apparently showed uh the plane right before it crashed uh, obviously this is a problem what, what stands out to you in this video well two things uh, first of all it does look like a classic stall where you lose aerodynamic lift over your wings the nose goes up they look to be traveling very slowly and then the left wing falls down. That's a classic stall. But we also saw this in a, in a crash that CNN covered way back in 2015. Um, I think it was called TransAsia. And in that case, they had uh, one of the engines was shut down. Now, were they so coming in for a landing at the time? Lift, but it does appear to be a stall in that particular footage that we can see in, that, in those airframes. And what do you think investigators are going to be looking at? Uh, we understand that this is going to start up again Monday morning at daybreak. Uh, what will they be looking for? 
Well, you know, first and foremost, they're looking for the cockpit voice recorder and the flight data recorder. And they're also looking at the operational history of the airline and the aircraft. They, are, they will first and foremost go to grab the maintenance records to get the downloads of all the maintenance on the plane, the training records of the pilot. Now there's information on the internet, who knows if it's accurate or not, that it was an experienced captain of 25 years and a first officer. I mean, it was flying low. So was it flying low because it was having a problem or because it was coming in for a, a landing? The first officer was still getting instruction. And also, uh, interestingly, the U.S. The first 18 minutes, it could have been taking off. Had just uh, done a review of, of Nepal aviation safety as part of a process the U.S. does to evaluate other nations to see if their airlines can fly to the United States. They weren't done with their evaluation yet, but the Nepal Airlines could not travel to the EU because of a prior International Civil Aviation Organization review of safety, um, and uh, they weren't able to fly to the EU. So there was a lot going on in Nepal, and like I said, there was hope with the with the FAA evaluation that they could uh, soon be flying other places, but this crash will certainly put a damper on that. And Mary, N Nepal is often referred to as one of the riskiest places on earth to fly. Uh, Vedico was mentioning the terrain a few moments ago. Uh, tell us more. Well, it is, but so much of the, uh, you know, of the tragedy, so many of the other accidents are related to the mountainous terrain, related to weather. Uh, sometimes related to equipment, um, it's it's um, it's some criticism of the operators in the area for training, for the condition and the and the maintenance on the equipment, etc. But usually, when there's an accident in Nepal, it's related to the terrain and the weather, just punishing. Uh, weather and there's really uh, there's a lack of places in certain parts of Nepal to set down if you are having a problem, but none of those factors were present in this one, uh, at least that we can tell at this point. This this like I said it does look like a classic stall, but we did you know with CNN covered a number of years back one that looked very similar where they had the same kind of tape where it had lost an engine. So the cockpit voice recorder and the flight data recorder will give the investigators that answer. They'll probably download it if they can find it probably by tomorrow or the next day and they'll know right away. All right, Mary Schiavo, thanks as always. We appreciate it. Thank you. So they were referring to that being a dangerous place to fly. Allow me to show it to you on a map. and why it is so dangerous. A lot of flights won't even go over this area because there's nowhere to land. And the wind and weather is so severe. This is right on the edge of that area that just flights will not go. They go around that area. Wish I could zoom out a little bit more. This whole uh, part of China is like a no-go zone because this is like this is a mountainous region right through here and then the interior is desert and there's not like jack shit in that area <laughs> other than other than the the one corridor where the silk road was ain't shit there So, wow, not the only aviation issue taking place today. We had our own issue here in the United States. Radar at a JFK. 
Doing a near hit. No, near miss. I think I think that's a Seinfeld joke. Why they why they call it a near miss? This is more of a near hit. I might be wrong on that. Somebody correct me if I am. This is radar footage out of JFK. The FAA is investigating a very close call between two passenger planes at New York's JFK. Oh, it's Carlin. Yes, thank you, Glenn. Radar video of the incident. The Delta plane there towards the bottom of the screen was taking off for the Dominican Republic when the American. Thank you. So it's from the driveway walkway. Why do we park in a driveway and walk on a? That's yes, yes, yes. It's part of that that bit. Thank you so much. A very close call between two passenger planes at New York's JFK airport. Take a look right here at this radar video of the incident. The Delta plane there towards the bottom of the screen was taking off for the Dominican Republic when the American Airlines plane towards the top crossed into the runway. Thankfully, an air traffic controller caught what was happening and forced the Delta jet to abort takeoff. Wow. Delta 1943, cancel takeoff. Delta 1943, cancel takeoff planes. Rejecting. Whoa. The FAA says the planes were separated by only a thousand feet. Let's discuss with former Department of Transportation Inspector General Mary Schiavo. Wow, Mary, what is, first of all, what is your reaction to this? She got a lot of work today, didn't she? Well, I, it's not my reaction. What happened here falls into the most serious category of runway incursions. The FAA divide federal Lady B, happy anniversary. Through seriousness of A, B, C, and D. And this is the top. This is the most serious. Um, there are about 20 of these most serious categories, A and B, every year. This goes back to air traffic controllers are incredibly overworked. Uh staffing, lean staffing, all this capitalism. It's capitalism at play yet again. Here, but the more disturbing statistic is that runway incursions, in other words, two planes on a runway or taxiway when they aren't supposed to intersect have the risk of intersecting. It is that had been up 92% from 2011 until 2018. So this is a huge issue with the government, with the FAA, and with my old office, the Office of Inspector General. No, it's an issue with capitalism. statistic that's on the rise, and it's not a statistic you want to see rise. Uh, not calling out the actual problem again. But yeah, she got a lot of work today. The CNN transportation correspondent got called in several times. Got finished covering the Nepal plane crash. Went back home. Got the call again like, oh, oh, yep. I'll come in. Heart goes out to my friends in the Bay Area. Uh, They've had a rough couple of weeks and they got battered again since the last time I saw you. Cynthia Pimentel joins us this morning with a look at your microclimate forecast. And Cynthia, 
we're going to be seeing some rain come yet again. Yet again, Valina, but we are in a little bit of a clearing as you know, we start to go into the mid morning and we were looking at San Francisco. A few sprinkles have just started to move in, but take a look at satellite and radar. Yeah, we've seen some rain over the last couple of hours, but there have been some lightning strikes over the Sonoma coastline around Bodega Bay. And once this storm door closes by mid morning, another one is going to open. Here is our next atmospheric river that's coming into the Bay Area as we move into evening tonight into the overnight hours into Monday. Commute. Let's take it on into storm tracker so I can show you where that rain is falling right now. Some heavy pockets in the East Bay, Lafayette over Oakland, down into San Leandro as well. It's going to push into the Tri Valley over the next couple Thanks. of minutes. Good evening, my friend. And there has been some rain that's moving in over the peninsula, over South San Francisco, down into San Mateo Los Altos. And in the South Bay, we just started to see some rain as well here in San Jose. But look at over the Santa Cruz Mountains. They, it's just nonstop for those folks out there. And it's also going to move into Morgan Hill over the next couple of minutes. Remember, we this was from this morning. Still seeing these problems linger. The flood watch continues through tomorrow afternoon. We're going to track all the rain hour by hour in my full forecast. But for now, I'll send it back to you, Valina. All right, thanks, Cynthia. Before we get to our top stories, we have breaking news out of Nepal. Police say oh shit, we already did that story after a plane crashed into a gorge while landing. Flooding. We want to do flooding airport. here. Clear what caused the plane to crash. And President Biden has declared a major disaster in California in the wake of relentless storms. The move opens up federal funding to help with recovery efforts. Right now, the declaration offers a wide range of help to Santa Cruz, Merced, and Sacramento counties. People in those areas can start applying for aid immediately. The White House says FEMA is assessing damage in other areas. That means more counties will likely be added to the list for people to apply for federal aid. Governor Newsom was in Merced yesterday pleading with residents to stay alert for more flooding in the historic, as the historic series of storms continue to pound the area. And here we are, by some estimates, 22 to 25 trillion gallons of water have fallen over the course of the last 16, 17 days, a stacking of, of these atmospheric rivers, the likes of which we've not experienced uh, in our lifetimes. Now, damage estimates are expected to exceed a billion dollars across the state. Wow. The heavy rain, wind, and even lightning were felt all over the Bay Area and still continue this morning as another storm hits. The stormy weather bringing a fresh set of headaches. Trees went down in San Francisco. And more storms this week. Berkeley yesterday. And in one case, a downed tree turned deadly. That death was in San Francisco. Firefighters say a large tree branch fell on a woman killing her. It happened around 5 p.m. yesterday in Golden Gate Park near JFK Drive and 30th Avenue. Police say a jogger spotted the woman next to the branch and called 9 Because it's so quick, like it's not helping with, you know, drought conditions. The water table is not going to be able to soak it up. I would assume it's the same thing for like lakes, like Lake Mead. The winds were blowing up to 70 miles per hour. This video was taken headed. This isn't going to do much to replenish it. Northbound lane. The driver is expected to be okay. The Golden Gate Bridge opened back up late last night. And in the East Bay, floodwaters created some headaches for drivers closing roads and even stranding. This driver, you can see it right here, that, that water with that car just in feet of water right there. As crews cleaned up some of the damage, the latest storm is making crews work in overdrive. Today in the Bay's Alyssa Gord reports from Fremont on the new traffic problems.
State Route 84 behind me is closed yet again due to a landslide. It's just another example of persistent issues we're seeing. As I wonder if that's the same landslide that, uh, that I'm going to show you a boulder right? falling on a guy's car. Pittsburgh went knocking on doors, telling neighbors to prepare to evacuate as water flooded Harbor Street. We had a sinkhole that opened up on the, the Good Shepherd Church facility right over our storm drain line. The city says no one's had to evacuate yet, but that could change with more rain on the way. At first, I was kind of like worried about it because I don't swim, you know, but now. Bagwitz. Good evening. Thank you for being a freaking follower. When the water recedes, the city says it will start working on a short term fix. On the other side of the East Bay in Pleasanton, firefighters say a woman tried to drive down flooded Sonoma Road and got stuck in three. Please, please, please. If the water is all the way over the road, do not drive through it. Uh, climate change is what's going on with the weather and California is getting absolutely hammered with storms and it's going to continue through the week feet of water. She's okay. By the time firefighters arrived, she'd already gotten herself out of the car and onto dry land. County workers say the road was closed, but someone moved the tape and barriers. Saturday, Caltrans shut down State Route 84. Through if you Niles cannot Canyon. see the road, do it not drive into it. Landslide. The road had only just been reopened Thursday after cleaning up from other storm related damage. Some neighbors tell us they think the closures have been a good idea. Honestly, I'm sure it's frustrating for people who commute through here, but I don't. So I think it's better for everyone to be safe. Okay. Unhoused people living in a nearby encampment say the rain has been relentless and there's plenty of erosion happening just outside of the canyon. There's a lot of mudslides all up in here. Too. We're actually right near Alameda Creek here, which crested earlier today at moderate stage. The ground here is just saturated with water. There's no word yet on when 84 here at Niles Canyon will reopen. Alyssa Gord, Today in the Bay. Okay, so I got pictures of this one to show you. This is a car teetering over a cliff. They had to do a quick rescue effort. You see the car? I guess that's a sinkhole that opened up or it's part of the road that has just fallen off. California Highway Patrol posting this to Facebook earlier today. After this daring rescue. Oh, I'm sorry, this is two days ago. Just wild. I also have video of a man in California that almost got crushed by a boulder. Oh, hold on. I forgot. It's CNN. CNN don't play on that browser. This is a man who almost got crushed by a boulder, and there is video. I just said, wow, this could have been me inside this car. One day after a big boulder came crashing down onto Maurizio Hanau's Prius from a soaked hillside along PCH, he still can't believe what would have happened if he had stayed in the driver's seat around 8 Tuesday morning. He had just stepped out of the car after getting a call from his girlfriend. She said, hey, check the bag I left uh, in the house. I went inside, and that's when the noises started coming from the front of the house, just uh, 
loud booms and crashing. What Hanau heard then saw was a rock slide onto PCH and onto his car. I felt like goosebumps because if it wasn't for that call, hey, can you check on my bag? Um, I probably wouldn't be here or somebody else could have died. This boulder measures about four feet in diameter and you can see it just totally crushed the top of Maurizio's car. Now right in front of the car, take a look over here. Here are the other rocks and boulders that came down from this hillside. One of those pieces also smashed Thanks, the back window Good evening. I was just uh, shocked and grateful. Rock and roll grateful. indeed. Uh, Cones, good evening. Because PCH is dangerous. These weather conditions are really crazy out here right now, so stay safe. These hills are not safe. Maurizio tells us he's forever thankful to his girlfriend. I said thank you for calling me because you saved my life. He can't help but feel a little divine intervention was involved as well as some luck. And I said, well, if I'm this lucky, I should probably play the lotto right now because that's really lucky, I feel. Reporting in Malibu, Rachel Kim, KCAL News. Well, sir, uh, I got news for you. There was a $1 billion lottery on Friday, but somebody in Maine won. Somebody in Maine won the $1.3 billion lottery on Friday night. I do not know if they have claimed it yet, though. All right. Once again, it's uh, it's a parade of uh, stories that are all going to require content warnings. So, enjoy this. Cat, good evening, my friend. We're going to go to South Carolina, where a man was wielding a knife inside of a Walmart, and a vet took him down. Oh, Oh, hold on. Somebody wants to see a cat. Socks are smoky. Which one you want? Shit. Didn't mean to do that. Didn't mean to do that. Sorry. He was already standing up, too. Here's a smoky. Talk to him, baby. What? Stories? What? Huh? Here's a socks. Fucker tees. I did what about? Implying not true? What? <laughs> Great stories, Justin. Not implying they're not true. I mean, if you want Maynard, I have to go find him. I don't know where Maynard's at. He was in here earlier, but he is not in here right now. I'm still trying to figure out what, what Cat Neon is talking about over here. <laughs> I... No idea. What did I imply wasn't true? Okay, well, thank you, I guess. I'll take a compliment. Flattery will get you everywhere. 
I'd even get you in my pants. You live in sexual anarchy. That's what you, if that's what you're aiming for. Uh, I mean, I've, I don't think that we've done anything tonight that needs a disclaimer that we like, I had the video from the, it was reportedly from inside the airplane that crashed in Nepal, but I don't, I don't know for sure that it, I'm like 90% sure that it was authentic video from inside the airplane. I pointed out that it might not be. Hmm. Anyway, here's some uh, here's some good advice for you. Life is too short to walk this earth for a crusty asshole. Wash your ass. Wash your ass. Okay, so content warning. We're gonna head down to South Carolina. A man is wielding a knife inside of a Walmart. A vet takes him down. First of all, I'm digging his pants. They uh, they look like they're out of the Michael Jackson bad video. like a dancer here you fucking gonna gonna like get into the bad dance or something look at him you ain't bad you ain't nothing you ain't nothing walmart get a man twenty dollars oh you waving tonight He's wanting to dance. One hit I'm talking about clean scoop, scoop balls there. This is a music video uh, shoot. Oh, this he doing Dave Chappelle. Oh wow! Vic gonna give it to you. Man, you might give that dude brain damage if he didn't already have it. God, that's one of those uh, the poles that's got the big, like, those things are like 50 pounds are on the bottom of those poles. What is Oh, oh, oh. They overestimate, maybe more like 30 pounds. They ain't light, though. I'm talking about I love the woman calling commentary. Oh, this, he doing Dave Chappelle. Yes, this dude's a military vet, apparently. Oh! That's a rough hit. Oh! I mean, dude was waving a knife around. I didn't do anything. You brandished a weapon in public and seemed to be threatening people. Just saying, you kind of did do something. Yeah, yeah, he had a knife. That's why they tried to get it from him. That's all. And he was saying he was gonna stab people because he wanted twenty dollars. I just, I wish they had tackled him or something. You didn't have to give him brain damage. 
any more than he already had. I'm going to show you a video. If there are people in this in this chat who are not American, you're probably going to be really, really, really shocked by this video. However, this is just a uniquely American piece of, of footage. A different kind of pole dance. Only, only in the USA do you see a toddler... Out playing with a gun, just waving it around. <laughs> Looking down the barrel, apparently it was loaded too. Maybe not, seemed like he pulled the trigger. He's wearing a diaper. Fair enough. The safety could be on. <laughs> Deputy Diaper. <laughs> but I mean, like, the kid looked down the barrel of the gun. Wild moment. Toddler waves loaded handgun. The Daily Mail is saying that it is loaded. Pointed at himself and then pulls the trigger. Only survives because bullets were not in the chamber. The neighbor calls the cops and the father is arrested. A diaper-clad boy was seen playing with a loaded gun in an apartment hallway. Neighbors called police who searched the boy's father's apartment. Authorities found a 9mm Smith & Wesson handgun inside the apartment. The father was arrested and the boy was brought to his mother's home. DJ Dub. Good evening, my friend. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm not blaming the kid for looking down the barrel of the gun. He don't know shit about gun safety. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not holding it against him. <laughs> he don't know how to aim the thing. He can't aim his dick yet. That's why he's wearing a diaper. Live video shows the heart-stopping moment a diaper-clad toddler plays with a loaded handgun in an apartment building hallway and even points it at himself and pulls the trigger. Uh, the footage was aired on On Patrol Live and commenters and viewers like uh, alike expressed their horror at the close call. There is the father being arrested. In the clip, the young boy can be seen wearing a diaper and aimlessly wandering around the stairwell outside his closed apartment door. As he walked about, he could be seen pointing the gun at the doors and in the air and rapidly pulling the trigger. At one point, he even pointed the gun at himself. Uh, it says he pulled the trigger as he was pointing it at himself. I did not see that part. Apparently, this is them searching the home. Uh, I read elsewhere that the father said he didn't own, own a gun. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, well, we're here because the downstairs neighbor said they saw your son running around with something they thought was a silver handgun. No, not even like a toy one? Yeah. It's toys. We have video of your kid holding the gun. So, yeah, that is him denying that he had a gun and he is wearing. You, Usually call them tidy whities but they look to be camouflage. And, uh, no, not even like a toy one? Yeah. 
We have video of your kid holding the gun, so do you have a gun? I don't have I have never brought a gun in this house if there is my cousin. Okay. Where is your cousin here? No. Where does he have his own room? Does no, he own a firearm? He comes to visit, yes. Was he here within the last three minutes? Oh he's been here in the last ten days. Okay. The we last ten days. Okay. So we were called for a juvenile in the hallway. Uh, possessing a firearm. Uh, Dad said he didn't see it, but then a neighbor came out and showed us video of the kid in the hallway with a firearm. Uh, so now we're trying to figure out where that is. He gave us permission to look around for it. He said he doesn't personally own a firearm, but his brother does and leaves it here. So You let your brother come and leave a firearm where there's a kid around. Oh, okay. Our family's much cuter than I am. You got a camera? Sorry, 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 waving a loaded weapon that toddler the neighbors downstairs exactly dj dub even pointed the gun at yeah, them let's take a the arrested for neglect there but now i believe i read that it was indeed his gun he lied to the cops cops could be heard asking the toddler where did you put that toy as they searched the apartment the father told police that he and his wife both had been sick recently and that he had been trying to stay up with the child to take care of him, but that his illness must have distracted him while the child got his hands on the weapon and made it into the hallway. Police eventually found the weapon in the apartment after their search. The boy was returned to his other, I guess that means mother, with whom he lived full time. Wow. Viewers of the video were equally horrified. Another also added that he thought there should be serious prison sentence for the father. I would assume he's facing some time. Wild. And that is not the only wild video I have for you tonight. We come back from the other side of the break. We're going to be seeing even more wild video. Just one after the other. You're going to be saying what the fuck all night. Criminal justice when we come back. We're going to look at the story of Keenan Anderson, who was tased to death by the LAPD. There is footage of it happening. Officers uh, tied to the Proud Boys in Chicago are under scrutiny, even though the police department thinks it's not a big deal. Louisiana cops have been caught destroying records. I have video of a Chattanooga police sergeant who was caught sleeping on the job. For the third year in a row, COVID is the leading cause of death for cops. We're good cops. We've got safety concerns for the new bivalent Pfizer booster. I'm going to tell you about that. Uh, officials are saying that the U.S. is not taking COVID serious enough amid a new surge. China has stopped reporting COVID deaths. 
This coming on the heels of uh, an apparent 60,000 dead. Deja vu. Uh, we're living this over and over and over again because every time I check my phone, there's a new alert that Biden was caught with classified documents. I'll let you know the latest on that one. At this, at this point in time, you can only say one thing. Come on, man. Come on, man. Biden spoke at Martin Luther King Jr.'s church earlier today. Uh, we're going to show you the statue unveiled in Boston. Do MLK? Um, it stirred up some controversy, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the backstory and see what you guys think about it. School official cut off a reading of Dr. Seuss while they were on an NPR podcast because the children realized it was an allegory for race relations. For weeks, people have been making the joke that George Santos may not be his real name. Thought it was just a joke, but now we have footage of him saying that his name isn't George Santos. Gary Lake went on with Mike Huckabee. Got video from the Miss Universe pageant where, whoa, the U.S. had a very interesting costume. The contestant for the U.S., not the U.S., not the whole fucking country, jotting around out there. A teacher in Canada had these giant prosthetic boobs. This went viral a couple months ago. I don't even know the story behind it. I didn't think it was important enough to cover. But the the person went on Tucker Carlson. Tucker had them on on Friday night. We're going to watch that segment. Let's get to the bottom of it. Plus, Alex Jones says he gets mobbed anytime he goes out in public. But not in the way you might think. Very interesting show coming up. If uh, if you are subscribed, I'm not going to go anywhere. I don't have to take a pee pee. Got plenty of water. I'm just going to sit here and get high. If you're if you're not subscribed, you're going to get the Twitch ads. We play them all at once to get them out of the way, and then you don't have to put up with them ever again, and you don't miss any content. We're going to have all these wild videos and wild stories for you. You're not going to miss anything. I'm totally vamping until I get to the point where I actually can hit the ad break. All right. We'll see you you non-subs on the other side. Hey, peeps. Let me get high. Butter Battle Book? Uh, I don't know. Non-sub. You live in sexual anarchy. That's why I tried to like, I tell people, just let the ads play. Go take you a tinkle. Go get you a snack. And then you can come back. Um, Twitch ads are only three minutes in an hour. If this show was on a network, that was on Clear Channel Radio or something, there would be 17 minutes of commercial time in an hour. I think three minutes on Twitch isn't that bad, but I've spent most of my life working in commercial media. I'm glad you're a sub, Simba. Also, good evening. I don't know if I told you good evening. Did anybody else sneak in here? 
I didn't say hey to. I'm glad to have you. And I believe you were in there the other night when uh, we did uh, Andy Nolch on Echoplex, weren't you? Like, I, I don't even remember what had me cracking up so much, but I was just laughing the whole fucking time. Well, I mean, it was it was Andy Nolch, so. He's nuts. We've got somebody named D's Nuts that drops by, but I think they're a YouTuber and uh, we're currently banned on YouTube. <laughs> uh, the Golden Globe segment that I played where uh, we watched uh, Carmichael, J- Jermaine Carmichael and his opening monologue. Well, here's here, here's the thing, Zimba, is like, Andy said he had like a rapid fire 15 minutes, what's wrong with the world at the end of the show or something. And I was like, hey, Dave, you probably never made it to the end of the Andy Nolt stream. Do you want to start with that 15 minutes? Dave was like, uh, no. <laughs> Just shut me down on that one. <laughs> He was kind of Steve that night, though, I, I suspect. I suspect I got steamed. <laughs> I'm not high enough for this shit. I almost knocked my bong over. Oh, I've had to clean up bong water on this desk so many times. No, I think when Dave was done with Andy Nolch, he was done with Andy Nolch. Well, I'm glad I came in for a Steve kind of night. I uh, I meant for it to be more seamless because uh, I raided into him after the uh, fucking around stream and I was just going to come straight in, right? Like I wasn't going to delay or anything. And for some reason, it, it kept telling me that my camera was already in use, so I had to reboot my whole computer. <laughs> Boot it back up so I could... Pop in on Producer Dave. I'm sorry, Producer Steve. Producer Steve. <laughs> he, was, he was very Stevie that night. Alright, one more hit and then we'll find out what that news be doing. I'm, I'm still very upset that I have so many new... Uh, emotes for you guys. They're all still under review, but <laughs> twerk for the children. Totally got approved. <laughs> twerk for the children. Perfectly wholesome. You can do that. But but an emote that says what that news be doing, that one's got to be on hold. And Twitch got to take a look at it manually. I hope DM pops in again. So I'm going to be like, hey, check out my new emote. Telling you to twerk for the children. And then you can call me a pedo again. 
You guys ready for some cop stories? You ready for some cop stories? You're gonna have to hit the content warning. Hayes Maker, good evening. We're going to LA where LAPD once again. DM is very clearly in school. Fair enough. We're going to go to LA where the LAPD once again in hot water over their actions. What's new? It's a day that ends in Y. Did I hit the content warning? Unfortunately, you're going to have to see a man die on camera again. Here for the LAPD, three people died in just two days after encountering officers. And tonight, LAPD Chief Michael Moore is expressing concern over the three deaths and community members, well, they're demanding answers. And KCAL News reporter Tom Wade has the... Brad Luke now a sub. Of all these incidents... That's Fuzzy Simba giving out the, the gift sub yeah, there. Thank you, Simba. A lot of questions tonight, Pat and Juan. So LAPD's chief appears to be questioning the judgment of his own officers, saying it's possible they did not follow protocols. We want to warn you, the videos we're about to show you are graphic. LAPD responding to a call of a hit and run in Venice on January 3rd. Officers eventually tracked down 31-year-old hey, Keaton Darnell Anderson, who they say was reported to have caused the crash and then fled. I came and I had somebody fix my car for me, sir. This would be the beginning of a deadly confrontation between LAPD officers and Anderson. Officers ultimately move in to arrest him. They're trying to kill me. They're trying to kill me. Anderson finally succumbs. Whoa, 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 whoa. He is 100% restrained. That motherfucker is not taking his finger off the taser. No wonder this turned deadly. This is egregious. Multiple times and is taken into custody and then transported to the hospital where he dies several hours later. Police say Anderson tested positive for cocaine and marijuana, but no official cause of death was given. On January 3rd, a standoff between LAPD officers and 35-year-old Oscar Sanchez ends with officers shooting and killing him. A witness reported Sanchez was throwing objects at vehicles in the road in South LA. Police say Sanchez had a chain and a makeshift spear. At one point, they say he dropped both weapons but rearmed himself with a spear. And officers say he advanced toward them and they fired multiple shots, killing him. This is the video of the final moments of Takar Smith's life. He was killed by LAPD officers January 2nd as police in the Rampart area of the city responded to a woman who said a restraining order had been violated by Smith. Officers say they tried to de-escalate the situation, but Smith wielded a large knife. Okay, you're, you're seeing that right there. They are not de-escalating the situation. Did that look anything like de-escalation? The Rampart area of the city responded to a woman who said a restraining order had been violated by Smith. Officers say they tried to de-escalate the situation, but Smith wielded a large knife. Police shot him. This cluster of events, while miles apart, deeply concerned me. The three killings at the hands of LAPD officers over the span of just a couple of days in the new year prompted LAPD Chief Michael Moore to hold a press conference where he promised to Michael Moore's lost a lot of weight into each incident. My commitment to looking good, dude. My condolences, though. It's my commitment to ensure as greatest transparency as possible as much as the law allows 
to include the details of the investigation as well as the findings and my recommendations eventually regarding the actions of our people. Moore said he is looking closely at whether officers followed guidelines and how to handle encounters with people undergoing mental health issues. You're really not saying with any sort of definitive clarity here that these officers acted appropriately. Is that fair to say? You're, you're concerned that they... Well, they didn't. Well, I, should, I think every... Uh, the role of the, the chief is to look at these serious instances involving the loss of a life and to have a measured tone uh, to wait until all the information in it is in, and I'm, I'm encouraged that you hear that. Family members of those killed by the officers are demanding accountability. Keenan Anderson's cousin, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter LA, posted that Anderson was a high school English teacher. Fellow BLM LA co-founder Melina Abdullah. Keenan Anderson said they're trying to George Floyd me. They're trying to George Floyd me. And they did. That's what happened. They did. LA Mayor Karen Bass tonight releasing a statement saying, I have grave concerns about the deeply disturbing tapes that were released today. My heart goes out to the families and loved ones who are mourning the loss of Takar Smith, Keenan Anderson, and Oscar Sanchez. And tonight, the family of Keenan Anderson says they plan to sue the city. Mm. Good. You know, it would be remiss without saying that uh, Chief Moore has recently requested to be reappointed to another mm. term. And I asked him about that today. It was the last question in the press conference, and he said he didn't want to talk about it because oh, of what's going on. But obviously, this is top of mind, right? I mean, this is a big deal for, for Mayor Bass, and I think it's a, yeah. it's a very important... Did you ask him about gangs? Yeah, what happens. Tough start to the year, man. There we go. My yeah. goodness. All right, Tom, thank you so much. Did you ask him about bending their badges? <laughs> Did you, like, I could go on and on and on. The LAPD uh, is rife rife with abuse of power rife with corrupt officers also I I want to bring it up we did the story um, last week uh, you can always be informed on what's going on before like you know the memes hit by tuning in to the troll patrol so Monday or Tuesday of last week we did a story about a police department that was having sex parties and one of the female officers had apparently had relations with five or six other officers and uh, she had received a community service award that was something I laughed at because that's that's just that's funny but what's not funny is it now appears that there might have been coercion and abuse towards that officer, which is horrifying and not shocking at all. But what has really floored me has been the misogyny of the memes I've seen. A lot of slut shaming in these memes. And I don't like it. And I I hope in no way I played into that. Even though I made the... She legitimately was awarded a community service award. Which I legitimately found funny. However, I do not find misogyny funny. And all of the memes have been directed at her. And that really bothers me. 
So I just wanted to point that out while we're on the, the criminal justice stories right now. Now we're going to go to Chicago, where residents are expressing concerns uh, about police officers who are connected to the Proud Boys, known hate group the Proud Boys. In the Austin neighborhood, a serious discussion about allegations of racist cops and how it's being handled by the Chicago Police Department. Most of our community members don't want to talk to the police because they don't trust the police, and this is a prime example. Uh, with regard to the investigation itself. Alderman Chris Taliaferro was invited to the Leaders Network monthly meeting today. Taliaferro is the chairman of the city council's public... I do want to point out that we went from the LAPD to the Chicago PD, which has also been accused of gang activity inside of the police department. Also, one of the most corrupt police departments in the country. Now it's, you're going to have to do a lot to give LAPD a run for their money. But the Chicago PD is trying. The Baltimore PD, they trying hard. The NYPD, they trying hard. Public Safety Committee. And he told those gathered he will call for a hearing on this issue. In this specific case, um, I believe... Portland police should, are corrupt as fuck. At a minimum, the city council should hold hearings and investigate the level of influence... But just police are corrupt as fuck. ...organizations have inside the Chicago Police Department. If this is true, that there are connections to these organizations, that, that will just once again push that trust back to the background and make it very difficult for good policing. According to the CPD, Officer Robert Baker is now serving a 120-day suspension. This after an inspector general's report revealed he lied to investigators about contact with the Proud Boys, an extremist organization. Southern Poverty Law Center sent a letter to Mayor Lightfoot and CPD Superintendent Brown saying in part, we also believe Baker should have been fired for his active participation in extremist activities and then lying about it. A statement from CPD reads in part, a thorough investigation was initiated into the allegations against Officer Robert Baker. He was given a 120-day suspension following the conclusion of the investigation and is currently serving that suspension. If any information leading to new allegations in this case becomes available, it will be investigated. We tried to reach Officer Baker, but were unsuccessful. He's expected to be back on the job in the coming weeks. At Chicago Police Headquarters, Leah Hope, ABC7. Of course, he'll just get a slap on the wrist. Being in a hate group, not a big deal to cops. It's a feature, not a bug. I don't remember if it was from the Andrew Callahan movie or if it was from the 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 search for QAnon because I watched both of those recently. But Enrique Tario, the the head of the Proud Boys, admitted to running a t-shirt company that also sold t-shirts on on the left side, on the Democratic side. He was playing both sides. We've also come to find out that, you know, he's been working with the feds for years. And I believe he even addresses that in the in the interview because he's because he's talking about like just just giving them information isn't actually you know working with the feds. 
But I'm like, this, just dis- like the man isn't doing anything on principle. Does he have tiny toes? Tiny toes, Enrique Tario. <laughs> Is that a thing? Is that what they call him in the group? <sighs> Continuing on with more police corruption. We're going to go to Louisiana, which is one of the most corrupt states in the country. So, of course, their police are corrupt. A sheriff in Louisiana has been destroying records of deputies' alleged misconduct for years. Shocked, I tell you. A lawsuit brought by the family of an, on, of an autistic teen who died while in custody found the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office destroyed the disciplinary records of a deputy involved in the case. Oh, Antifa was calling him that. Good on them. <laughs> The Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office in Louisiana has been unlawfully destroying its deputies' disciplinary records for at least 10 years, according to records provided by state officials responsible for overseeing the retention of records by state, parish, and local agencies. The findings come at a time when the Sheriff's Office is facing multiple lawsuits involving allegations of excessive force, racial discrimination, and wrongful death at the hands of Jefferson Parish deputies. Attorneys have accused Joe Lapinto of failing to discipline deputies and a lack of transparency when it comes to releasing records that might shed light on their history of complaints and disciplinary actions. The illegal destruction of disciplinary records can make it harder to hold deputies accountable in a court of law. That might be the reason. Called the Blue Code. Cops look out for each other. Make it harder to hold deputies accountable in a court of law or track problem officers moving from department to department. The sheriff's office was recently the subject of a year-long investigation by ProPublica and WWNO, which found that the JPSO rarely sustains complaints against its deputies. The sheriff's office refused to provide the news organization with copies of unsustained complaints, calling it overly burdensome and an invasion of privacy. No, 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 no. You work for us. The agency said it couldn't even provide the number of complaints filed, stating such a number does not exist. The entire police department should be disbanded. Cases brought by that police department should be thrown out. Arrest records should be expunged. Next, we're going to go to Chattanooga, Chattanooga, Tennessee, where a cop was apparently a little sleepy. He tried to get him a nap-nap while on the job-job. Footage shows him asleep in his patrol car. And now I've got to wonder, like, was he on something? Possibly. An internal affairs investigation is now underway after a Chattanooga police sergeant was caught on video, a video sleeping in his patrol vehicle while on duty. 
The viewer who took the video on December 17th of last year, the 18-second video, shows the sergeant with his head down and not responding, even though a light is shining in his face. The viewer tells... Many a U.S. citizen have been shot for doing exactly that when the cops walk up. The viewer tells us the patrol car was parked in the middle of a turn lane. Chattanooga police confirmed the video is of Sergeant Jonathan Brock. Assistant Chief Major Jerry Sutton tells us in an email that an internal affairs division investigation is underway. Right now, it's not clear how long that investigation will take. Some fentanyl must have went through his AC vent. (laughs) Or maybe he was just dreaming about fentanyl and it caused him to, to pass out. This weekend. Still on the cop news, but this is the transition to our next subject. For the third year in a row, COVID was the leading cause of law enforcement deaths. Sudden Apollo, good evening, my friend. Almost 500 police officers have died from COVID 19 between 2020 and 2021. represents 62% of all law enforcement line of duty deaths in 2020 alone. (laughs) In a usual year, uh, vehicle accidents are the leading cause of death for cops. COVID-19 remained the leading cause of death uh, for law enforcement in 2022, despite the number attributed to the virus dramatically declining. A new report released Wednesday by the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund looked at preliminary data and found that 226 federal, state, tribal, and local law enforcement officers died last year while in the line of duty. Of those deaths, 70 can be attributed to COVID-19. However, this is an 83% decline compared to the 405 officers who died from COVID-19-related complications in 2021 could just be that a lot of the anti-vaxxers are dying off. So yes, you can see COVID-19, the leading cause of death, firearms related. Interesting. I would assume several of those are cops shooting themselves or cops shooting each other. And then traffic related deaths is the third leading cause of death. The weird calling it firearms related. Because once again, firearms related, cops have a high rate of suicide. Cops also have a uh, shit for aim. <laughs> so, um, they shoot each other a lot. A lot of accidental discharge. Watch out, accidental discharge might get you a baby. You live in sexual anarchy? Just saying. Pull out, guys, pull out. Let's talk about some vaccine safety concerns. 
U.S. FDA and CDC see early signal of possible Pfizer bivalent COVID shot link to stroke. I would like to point out that um, this is how responsive the CDC and the FDA are to things like this. Though they do investigate claims of sudden death. My God. Somebody told me that uh, people are dying of the vaccine. They're like, just watch the movie uh, uh, Sudden Death. But Sky Comet. (laughs) Sky Comet. I don't even know what to say. I don't even... Mergen, good evening. I believe in safe sex, at least for the purposes of this joke. I prefer lifestyle condoms to Trojans, and the reason why is the name Trojan. Implies that you're covered, but they're going to sneak your men in through the gate, and that's the last thing I want. I didn't know until I started doing stand-up comedy that virtually every stand-up comedian has a version of that joke. It's one of those jokes. It's just kind of obvious. However, mine is the best. I've heard other versions of it. Mine is is worded the best and the wittiest. Just saying. Pulled material on you guys. I had, I had my friend the other day playing uh, Mortal Kombat tell me like, you're 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 doing material on me. You're, you're talking to me like I'm on stream with you. <laughs> Speaking of Mel Brooks, very much looking forward to the, I believe it's a four-part event of the History of the World Part 2. Yay! Have not watched the trailer for it yet, but I know it's happening, so I'm excited. Luckily, I'm not going to be on YouTube, so I'm not going to clip this stuff, so I'm not going to be worried about, you know, having to start the stories over. Still banned on the YouTube. U.S. FDA, CDC, see early signal of possible Pfizer bivalent COVID shot linked to stroke. A safety monitoring system flagged the U.S. drug maker Pfizer and German partner Bio, uh, BioNTech. BioNTech. The updated COVID-19 shot could be linked to a type of brain stroke in older adults. U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the Food and Drug Administration said on Friday that the CDC vaccine database had uncovered a possible safety issue in which people 65 and older were more likely to have an ischemic stroke 21 days after receiving the Pfizer-BioNTech bivalent shot compared with 22 to 44-year-olds. An asthmic stroke, also known as brain asthmia, I'm fucking the word up, I'm sure, is caused by blockages in arteries that carry blood to the brain. The FDA and CDC said that other large studies, the CDC's Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and other countries' databases and Pfizer Biotech's databases had not flagged this safety issue, adding that it requires more investigation. So there you go. All these right-wingers want to talk about VARES. Oh, but VARES says, but VARES says, shit, VARES didn't even pick up on this. 
And the CDC was like, whoa, 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 we need to look into this. I am tired of asshole conspiracy theory theorists that for some reason think the FDA and the CDC is out to kill us. Why? Why would you think that? You're dumb. Stop being a fucking moron. It is clear, and I want to point this out, I don't know if I showed this graph on stream last week. Sudden cardiac deaths in the U.S. have indeed ticked up, and they start in the spring of 2020. You can see this is March of 2020. Start ticking up through May, June, July. This is almost a year before the vaccine was even widely available. It's almost like COVID causes heart problems. COVID causes heart problems, not the vaccine. But because the vaccine triggers a response from your body that is like that, of the virus, there is a slim possibility of having symptoms like that of the virus. I've been Moderna the whole time just because uh, I got my shot at Kroger and that's that's what they carried. Exactly. COVID causes cardiac arrest. I'm just... And I'm... I'm exacerbated by the fact that these people are like, well, I'm not taking your your COVID kill shot. This experimental vaccine, they say often. But yet they're so eager to catch a virus that never existed before. I don't get it. I will take my chances with the vaccine over the virus that never existed before. That scares me far more. But then again, I'm a reasonable person. And I don't consume right-wing propaganda. Seriously. I don't consume it seriously. I consume it very ironically. Speaking of not consuming things seriously, apparently the U.S., isn't taking COVID seriously, which, duh. Experts say U.S. COVID surge is a big risk. Few precautions, recent holidays, and subvariants have driven a rise, but boosters, masks, and other precautions are still effective. Who wears a fucking mask anymore? In the fourth year of the pandemic, COVID-19 is once again spreading across America and being driven by the recent holidays, fewer precautions, and the continuing evolution of Omicron subvariants. New subvariants are causing concern for their increased transmissibility and the ability to evade some antibodies. But the same tools continue to curtail the spread of COVID, especially by valent boosters, masks, ventilation, antivirals, and other precautions. Yet booster uptake has been pitiful. 
pitiful, according to Neil Segal, an assistant professor of health policy and management at the University of Maryland School of Public Health. Antiviral uptake has been low and few mandates on masking, vaccination, and testing have resumed in the face of the winter surge, which is once again putting pressure on health systems. New COVID hospital admissions are now at the fourth highest rate of the pandemic. Yes, some. I had a fucking idiot argue with me about this earlier. COVID-19 is the uh, illness caused by this specific form of a coronavirus, which never existed before. It is in the coronavirus family but it never existed before. This is the fifth type of coronavirus. We only had four before, I think. This is the fifth type. If I'm not mistaken, it might have, it might have been there were five before and now this is the sixth one. So I do not understand why anyone would try to make that distinction. Like, oh, oh well, it's still, it's a, still a coronavirus. Do you know what that means? Holy shit. China's COVID deaths have ballooned following the easing of restrictions. Oh my God. Gain of function research. What an idiot. So you should put down the right-wing propaganda for a little while because if you knew what you were talking about, you would know that the woman who oversaw the lab in Wuhan, her very first thought was, oh my God, it might be one of my viruses. And the very first thing she did was go back to the lab and sequence the COVID-19 virus against the viruses in her lab and went, shoo, that wasn't what was going on. And multiple virologists have confirmed this. So, no. No gain-of-function research. As if you would know what gain-of-function research is to properly be able to talk about it. But yeah, what what do the leading virologists in the world know about it? Fucking scientists. Science bitches are wrong sometimes. I just want to get people to not have such strong opinions about shit they don't know about. I had an argument with a woman today about vaccines. I showed her all the evidence that I showed you guys. 
And she was like, I'm still not convinced enough to take the vaccine. I'm like, I don't care. I don't give a shit if you take the vaccine or not. I just want you to not have such strong opinions about shit that you clearly know nothing about. You know fuck all about the topic, so just shut the fuck up. Who's telling them to shut the fuck up? They're the they're the experts in the field. The woman who 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 ran the Wuhan lab. See, that's the it's the weird thing to me. Like to believe the conspiracy theory that somebody is is forcing them to say a certain thing. How would I know that her first thought was, "Oh my God, it could have leaked from my lab." She's spoken extensively on the issue. Please, conspiracy theories are stupid. In order for there to be some nefarious gain-of-function research to unleash this virus on the world, it would take millions of people being in on it, and it's just impossible. It's the, the like it's a meme now that like uh, anyone who believes in conspiracy theories uh, has never worked as a project manager. Possible. Why attribute to malice what you could easily attribute to incompetence? Sixty thousand COVID-related deaths in just over a month. China has been widely accused of underreporting coronavirus deaths, despite evidence of hospitals and crematoriums being overrun. According to officials, China recorded fifty-nine thousand nine hundred thirty-eight COVID-related deaths between the eighth of December and the twelfth of January. Most of those died were over eighty and most having underlying conditions. The figures include 5,503 deaths caused by respiratory failure directly due to the virus and 54,000 caused by underlying conditions combined with the virus. The real total is likely to be higher because which uh, the figures refer only to deaths recorded at medical facilities. Again, total undercount here in the U.S. What could be incompetence? You've got to present me with some kind of fucking evidence. Because the people that study this shit and know the most about it right now haven't ruled out a lab leak theory, but are strongly on the side of it was zoonotic. So do you have evidence to the contrary? Do you even have the knowledge or the grounding to be able to assess such evidence. Why do you think you are smart enough to be able to understand these topics? I'm just, please hit me with it. Beijing has always contended that it figure that its figures are accurate, calling on the WHO to uphold a scientific objective and just position. Officials said the peak of patients hospitalized with severe COVID was in early January, although the number subsequently remained high. They said that they would continue to monitor the situation in rural areas, focusing on early detection and prioritizing treatment of the most vulnerable. Not you. 
you certainly wouldn't have that evidence, would you? You would not have that evidence. So why would you make those assertions? Just wondering, why are you so confident in yourself? Would you like to call in or would you like to Discord in? Chad's been antsy. I haven't had a a dumb fuck come on in a long time. Nine one seven eight three zero four three five nine. That gain of function research was somehow the cause of the COVID pandemic. Not. But once again got a call or you got a discord or otherwise I'm going to move on to the next story. We got to talk about Biden and his handling of classified documents. Come on, man. But if you want to have a chit chat, the, the chat has been jonesing for somebody to call in and talk to me. Guess not. So we will move on to the next story. I keep getting alerts. It's almost like every couple of hours now. And I'm just like, my God. Who's looking into gain of function? Your exact comment was, which why they are, question mark, gain-of-function research. What do you do for a living, Sum? What do you do for a living? And I love how DM always says, like, I'm a frontline supply chain worker. Who's questioning gain of function? Like, dude, the only people I ever hear bring up gain of function research are people like Rand Paul and far right nut jobs. So I don't think you know what you're talking about. And I think you're just spouting off nonsense that you heard from right-wing propaganda. And as I point out often on this show, right-wingers are fucking morons. Dumbest fucks walking the planet. Speaking of some of the dumbest fucks walking the planet, Joe Biden, what the fuck? Why do you have to put us in this position? I'm rolling my eyes. We're still going to point out the 
differences in his handling and Trump's handling of the documents because there are uh, vast differences in the way these cases are playing out. But damn it, Joe, you gave the right wing talking points. As I pointed out on this show many times, apparently all presidents have an issue with taking classified documents. I know Bill Clinton did. I know Barack Obama did. The National Archives have had to go to them and get them back. George W. Bush, same thing. They had classified documents in their possession. But at this point in time, you're putting us in a tough spot where, you know, it makes it really hard to defend you. And it looks like hypocrisy because the right-wing media is absolutely going to run with it. Every few hours now is like more classified documents found at Joe Biden's residence. House Republicans have already launched their own investigations into President Biden's handling of classified documents. We're joined now by GOP Congressman Don Bacon of Nebraska. Congressman Bacon, let me ask you just first up, what do, you, do you agree with the appointment of the special counsel? I do. I think the American people see how President Trump's been treated on one hand, and they want to see a sense of fairness. I, granted, the situations are, are different, uh, but they're both about classified information being in areas that's illegal and the improper handling of uh, highly classified information. So I think it shows a sense of fairness to have a special counsel for both. And you acknowledge these cases are different. I mean, they do both involve handling of classified documents, but in, in President Trump's case, he uh, essentially defied a, a subpoena. In this case, it appears at least uh, that President Biden has you know, voluntarily uh, turned everything over. Well, I agree they are different. In one case, you have long-term negotiations where uh, President Trump was not hand- handing over the information. And then you have, on the other hand, classified information that's been stored for six years in one area where Chinese nationals have access, another where, where it's in a garage, who knows who had access to that. And, and the third batch was in the president's home in Delaware. I would just say they're both wrong. Granted, they're different. What strikes me, though, is uh, having President Biden be highly critical of uh, President Trump calling it irresponsible. And it just reminds me of that old adage, if you live in a glass house, do not throw stones. And I think the President Biden was caught throwing stones. And, and we, we've seen uh, some of the Republican reaction. And I just, like, at this point in time, what in the fuck is wrong with our... The idea that there is a deep state is just laughable at this point because they don't even know where classified they're just strewn all over the place have no idea where these classified documents are there is no deep state not from you but let's take what what congressman mike turner the uh the chair of the house intelligence committee when the uh, mar-a-lago documents uh were discovered he said it all sounded like a bookkeeping issue and now he's demanding an immediate review and damage assessment uh in the case of the biden documents is there some hypocrisy going on here certainly well I, i think you see hypocrisy on both sides of this point fingers I just, we just got to acknowledge classified information, and I dealt, dealt with it for 30 years. I'm a retired general. I worked in the intelligence career field. I flew reconnaissance aircraft. Uh, it's meant to be kept in vaults. Uh, we call them skiffs. Didn't and explain to me how this keeps happening. Special 
compartmented information in your garage or your resort. This is Representative Don Bacon, a Republican. It's all wrong. And we shouldn't just be uh, pointing fingers at the other side. Uh, so I think there's blame to go around on both sides of this. And I think if you're an honest statesman, uh, you just can't point the fingers to the other guy and, and deny uh, that there was problems on our side as well. Let's turn to the congressional agenda. We've heard from the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen that the debt limit will be released, reached on January 19th, just in a few days. Uh, and they're going to do extraordinary measures that will get them to June uh, before a default. How real is the risk of default here, given uh, some of the demands that are being made by the Republican leadership? So yeah, the last time I talked with you guys, we were still up in the air about when exactly the debt ceiling was uh, coming due. Apparently, it's a lot sooner than we thought this coming Friday. Well, I think it is uh, a real threat that both sides have to take serious. You know, the Republicans were largely elected to get control of reckless spending. That's that's the mission that their voters have given them. So when reckless spending going to refuse to negotiate with Republicans on any concessions, I don't think that's right either. But on our side, we have to realize we control the House with a four-seat majority. The Senate is run by the Democrats with a one-seat majority. And the president is obviously from the Democrat Party. So we can't get everything we want either. This is not a parliament system where the majority party and the parliament can sort of dictate uh, those terms. So I want our side to negotiate with the Democrats in good faith. But President Biden... I didn't didn't think we ever defaulted on our debt. That's a non-starter as well. Because the mission we've been given is to control reckless spending, which has been a, not the only contributor, but one of the main contributors to inflation. And I just read a stat yesterday. 21 months in a row, American wages have... Well, Voodoo is referring to the inflation. Civil War. The standard of living for America has gotten worse over the last two years. And part of it's just reckless spending. And that's our mission. So I want us to meet down and have good faith negotiations. And to our voters on the Republican side, they want to see some progress and getting control of spending. Has the Biden administration reached out to you on, on, on the debt ceiling? They have not. Okay. Uh, and I, both sides gonna have to be willing to work together. Uh, we have a large groups on both sides of the aisle that's my way or the highway. That does not work. It's gonna be a shit much. show this week. And I encourage President Biden to reach out to the leadership on the Republican side. You know, in the last two years, he's invited the Republican leadership to the White House twice. It's not a very good record, but we got to do our part, too. Uh, you know, James Madison put together a constitution. That- He's invited the Republican leadership to the White House twice. That sounds about right, to be honest with you, Mr. Bacon. He's been in office two years. Why sounds about right. <laughs> I Trump met with uh, Democratic leadership, what, once? And they had a shouting match. They said factions have to work together to find areas of consensus that's how we designed the system with a bicameral separations of power. And when parties say my way or the highway, it just does not work. So we're going to have to work so, with Joe Biden. And we're going to have to work together with the Senate to find a, a middle ground here. We're almost out of time, but I've got to ask you about George Santos. Uh, <laughs> the lies are so numerous that they're easy to lose track of. I want to tick through just a couple. Uh, he claimed that he was Jewish and the grandson of Holocaust survivors. He claimed to have attended Horace Mann Prep School in the Bronx. He did not. He said he was graduated Baruch College as the top 1% of his class, and he was the star volleyball player on the team. Volleyball scholarship. He never even attended the school. He claimed he worked for Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. He didn't. 
He said his company lost four employees at the Pulse uh, nightclub shooting. Uh, he did not. Uh, he claimed his mother's death was somehow... Oh, I hadn't heard the one about the Pulse nightclub. ...tied to 9-11. This also appears to be false. There are many more I could go forward. Uh, sh should he be... Should he resign? I mean, sh should he be in Congress? You know, if it was me, I would resign. I wouldn't be able to face my voters after having gone through that. But this is between him and his constituents, largely. Uh, they they elected him in, and he's going to have to deal with them on that. I don't think his re-election chances uh, will be that promising, depending on how he handles this. But that, his, may be the, that may be the understatement of the day. <laughs> All right, Congressman Bacon, thank, thank you very much. Appreciate thank your time. You. Since he brought up Santos, we'll go ahead and we'll jump ahead. This was Santos with the reporters uh, last week. Congressman Santos, what, what is your response to those that are calling for you to resign? Um, I will not resign. I will be continuing to hold my office elected by the people. How and do you feel like you're able to serve your people? <laughs> Tripped over the newspaper. <laughs> Congressman? Congressman Santos? What, what is your response to those that are calling for you to resign? Um, I will not resign. Yum, brownies. I hold my office elected by the people. How and do you feel like you're able to serve your people? But we, uh, we didn't just come here to laugh at him for tripping over a newspaper. I'm clumsy. That's, that's not why we're here. Apparently, this is the biggest doozy of a lot. Why can they get any bigger? So we have video. It's a David Pakman video. No way. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's the original video. This is from. Oh, you gotta be. This is from 2019. During a Q&A session at a walkaway LGBT event, where Santos said trans people could benefit from a trans conservative activist educating them. Uh, yeah, Blair White is doing a real good job of that. Yeah, we're the haters. Oh, you gotta be here. So my name is Anthony DeVolder. Um, I'm a New York City resident. I've recently founded a group called United for Trump, so if you guys want to follow, that would be awesome. My question's directed for both Blair and um, Brandon. Well, Brandon's an idol to all of us. Sure. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but Blair, I, I have a... So this is Anthony DeVolder. Better known as Congressman George Santos. Brandon. Well, Brandon's an idol to all of us. Go, Brandon. You're welcome. Um, but Blair, I, I have a question. How do you think that as a trans woman and a conservative, you can help educate other trans... Now, now, so the, the one thing I thought that he was telling the truth about was that he was gay, but now looking at that facial hair, I do wonder, are you actually gay? from not having to follow the narrative that the media and the Democrats put forward, and how can Brandon incorporate that into Walkaway in more, more in debt? That's my question. My approach has always been to just live my life authentically, make the videos I wanna make, and you know, I don't like using the word educate because I feel like who am I to teach anyone anything? I just wanna be myself, and I feel like that actually does work wonders. I think that I mean, I'm, I know that I'm inundated with comments all the time saying... Yeah, Blair, well, I want to teach people to not be so certain about fucking dumbass opinions they have. You know, um, I've been a conservative Republican my whole life. I, 
you know, have been so turned off by the view of trans people in the media and the activists that have, you know, sometimes a larger platform than people like you. Um, and my channel kind of like gives them a different side. So for me, that's my form of activism, if you can call it that. Um, and was there a second part to your question? Oh, okay. Was how to uh, transgenderism? Exactly. You can have me at more events. Well, yeah, done. <laughs> done. Here's the problem is the audience that you're going for is absolutely revolted by Blair, which still boggles my mind that she considers herself a conservative. I can't imagine the hate that she receives. There you have it. Anthony DeVolder. George Santos may not even be his real name. I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Kevin McCarthy ain't going to do nothing about no George Santos, though, even though he's been uh, repeatedly caught lying. This was McCarthy's first interview as House Speaker with Maria Bartiromo. Congress has an independent constitutional obligation to oversee all aspects of the Justice Department, and that includes special counsels as well. And so we will have a role. Now, as I understand it, while the special counsel still reports back to the Justice Department, it's independent, and it's independent for a reason. It's to remove politics from the matter now. Clearly, it can be weaponized. We know about Ken Starr. But as far as I can tell, Jack Smith and the other uh, special counsel are on the up and up. In overseeing what's transpiring here. Both were Trump and Boynies. Is how justice is applied, and is it applied equally? Why do you raid President Trump? His wasn't just Locke, was Padlock. Because he did not respond to the subpoena. He did not hand over the documents that were requested. You know this, Kevin McCarthy. I would assume you're not a dumb man. You're the Speaker of the House. They knew it was there. They could have come and taken it any time they wanted. They were communicating with one another. Now we're finding time and again a locked garage door that opens and closes by a push of the button. How many years has this Vice President who's been in office for more than 40 years had these documents. Who's been in and out of there? This is just hypocrisy, and I'm tired of this Justice Department. But it's not It's not hypocrisy because, like, I'm all for investigate Biden. If he did something wrong, fucking hold him accountable. It's not hypocrisy. Others, that they utilize it to go after people because they have different political beliefs. That is what's wrong with government, and this is a prime example of why we passed this week. It is hypocrisy on their end. It will fall under Jim Jordan's uh, committee for the weaponization of government, that we can look into what the FBI has been doing from Twitter and everywhere else. You should probably look into what Jim Jordan's been doing, because let me tell you, Speaker, he covered up sexual abuse of Ohio State University students while he was an assistant wrestling coach. Look into Jim Jordan. Look into Jim Jordan. That's who you need to be looking into. Real quick before we go to commercial break here. 
Let's do a side-by-side -side comparison of the classified document scandals. The revelation that classified materials were discovered at think tank offices formerly used by President Joe Biden, as well as at his Delaware home, have prompted questions on how the circumstances compare with the seizure last year of hundreds of documents marked as classified from Mar-a-Lago. Attorney General Merrick Garland on Thursday appointed a special counsel to investigate the matter. Okay, how many documents are we talking about with Biden? It is unclear precisely how many classified materials have been obtained from Biden's office and home. Uh, Richard Saber, the special counsel to the president, said Monday that a small number of documents with classified markings were discovered on November 2nd in a locked closet at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. Biden kept an office at the Penn Center after he left the vice presidency in 2017 until shortly before he launched his 2020 presidential campaign. On Thursday, Saber said a second batch of documents with classified markings. A small number, he said, had been found in a storage space in Biden's garage in Wilmington. On Saturday, Saber said uh, that a total of six pages of classified documents were found earlier in the week during a search at Biden's home and handed over to the Justice Department. Trump. Roughly 300 documents with classified markings, including some at the top secret level, have been recovered from Trump since he left office. We know this because there's actually court documents with an itemized detail. That's why we don't know how many documents were actually found with Joe Biden, nor their classification level. The National Archives and Records Administration retrieved 15 boxes of documents, telling Justice Department officials they contained a lot of classified material. In August, FBI agents took 33 boxes and containers of 11,000 documents from Mar-a-Lago, including roughly 100 with classification markings found in a storage room and an office. After the materials were discovered at the Biden think tank, Biden's personal attorneys immediately alerted the White House's counsel office, which notified NARA, the National Archives, which took custody of the documents the next day. Uh, Sauber revealed on Saturday that he traveled to Biden's home near, near Wilmington on Thursday and retrieved a total of six pages of classified documents. He made the trip to Biden's personal lawyers after Biden's personal lawyers discovered one document with a classified marking consisting of one page in a room adjacent to the garage. Sauber, who does have a security clearance, subsequently found the additional classified pages. Sauber said the Justice Department was immediately notified after the documents were found at Biden's home and that department lawyers took custody of the records. With Trump, a Trump representative told NARA in December of 2021 that presidential records had been found at Mar-a-Lago nearly a year after Trump left office. 15 boxes of records containing some classified materials were transferred from Mar-a-Lago to NARA in January. A few months later, investigators from the Justice Department and FBI visited Mar-a-Lago to get more information about classified materials taken to Florida. Federal officials also served a subpoena for some documents believed to be at the estate in August of 2022. So they visited Mar-a-Lago in March of 2021, raided, I'm sorry, March of 2022, and then raided in August. FBI agents conducting a search retrieved 33 boxes. The search came after lawyers for Trump provided a sworn certification that all government records had been returned. For Biden, despite the discovery of classified materials, there was no indication Biden himself was aware of the existence of the records before they were turned over. 
With Trump, the former president possibly faces exposure for obstruction over the protracted battle to retrieve the documents. And since he's no longer in office, he wouldn't be afforded protections from possible prosecution that would apply to a sitting president. So if you like to read more, this is from an Associated Press piece comparing the two. I just kind of skimmed over it. There you have it. If you are not subbed, you're going to get some Twitch commercials. If you are subbed, I'm going to sit here and smoke a little bit with you. Oh, I should have ran down what we were going to talk about because we got fun stuff on the other side of the break. What's coming up? We're going to talk about the Anti-Woke Caucus. We're going to talk about that Martin Luther King statue. Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson, so much fun shit. Oh, and this is the thing that I'm really wanting to hear. School officials cut off a reading of a Dr. Seuss book during an NPR podcast. We actually have the audio of that. Apparently, the kids picked up on the fact that it was an allegory for racism, and it made the teacher uncomfortable. Now, I do believe this happened in Tennessee. I wonder... I've I've kind of had an opinion about this up until just now when I realized maybe it made the teacher uncomfortable because of of legislation passed by Republicans on the teaching of CRT. Maybe they were fearing retaliation because of laws passed to try to outlaw CRT. I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. But uh, if that was the case, that would actually be a good way to challenge the law, wouldn't it? Ah, Republicans are trying to cancel Dr. Seuss. My, how the tables have turned. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Oh, those brownies smell good. I mean, I'm going to have to run through these stories real fast. No, no, we're going to be here for as long as it takes to find out what that news be doing. I actually considered it over the next couple of weeks where I'm banned on YouTube to kind of be a good chance to uh, step back from the streaming just a little bit, clear my head, work on my work on my jobby job, my real job. Do like hour long streams every night because I can't clip them for YouTube and shit. There's too much stuff going on. There's too much shit I want to talk about. Too much news be doing. Too much news be doing around here. Not high enough for this shit. three minutes on Twitch isn't that long. That was that was about three minute commercial break. It's not that much to have to suffer through. I hate commercials as well. I'm with you. I understand. That's why I try to make the commercials as painless as possible. But on the other hand, that is the advantage to subbing to the channel and, you know, helping me out with a little money money. <laughs> what that money be doing? Burning a hole in your pocket. Sub to Justin Freakin's channel. 
Biden was in uh, Georgia today. He was there at the Ebenezer Baptist Church, which was the home church of Martin Luther King Jr. Tomorrow is uh, MLK Jr. Day. Biden delivered the Sunday sermon, apparently. You can subscribe to YouTube, but they ain't going to be shit on it for the next couple weeks. Here is Biden at the Ebenezer Baptist Church. I stand here humbled, being the first sitting president of the United States to have an opportunity to speak at Ebenezer Sunday service. You've been around for 136 years. I know I look like it, but I haven't. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. God fearing thanks to my parents and to the nuns and priests who taught me in school. But I, I am no preacher. But I've tried to walk my faith as all of you have. I stand here inspired by the preacher who is one of my only political heroes. Dr. Martin Luther King was born in a nation where segregation was a tragic fact of life. He had every reason to believe, as others of the generation did, that history had already been written, that the division would be America's destiny. But he rejected that outcome. Buddy, he was kind of right about that, wasn't he? And uh, one of the reasons why he was right about that is the white liberal or the white moderate. Almost like it was written about a guy like Joe Biden, to be honest with you. There's always hope. We have to believe. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Dr. King's path in my view. Path to keeping the faith. And it must be our path. Hey, thank you. Hadn't planned on bringing it up. I was going to let Biden have his, uh, his moment there, but... You're bringing up the legacy of Dr. King, and I just want to point out uh, what he had to say about politicians like yourself, sir. Wasn't exactly complimentary. While confined here in the Birmingham City Jail, I came across your recent statement calling my present activities unwise and untimely. Seldom do I pause to answer criticisms of my work and ideas. If I sought to answer all criticism that crossed my desk, my secretaries would have little time for anything other, like you boinking them, anyway, uh, that such correspondence in the course of the day, and I would have no time for constructive work, like boinking your secretaries. But since I feel that you are men of genuine goodwill and that your criticisms are sincerely set forth, I want to try to answer your statement in what I hope will be a patient and reasonable terms. I think I should indicate why I'm here in Birmingham since you have been influenced by the view which argues against outsiders coming in. I have the honor of serving as president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, an organization operating in every southern state with headquarters in Atlanta. More basically, I'm in Birmingham because injustice is here. Just as the prophets of the 8th century BC left their villages and carried their thus saith the Lord far beyond the boundaries of their hometown, and just as the Apostle Paul left his village of Tarsus 
and carried the gospel of Jesus Christ to the far corners of the Greco-Roman world, so am I compelled to carry the gospel of freedom beyond my own hometown. Like Paul, I must constantly respond to the uh, Macedonian call for aid. Moreover, I am cognizant of the interrelated... I'm having a hard time seeing right now because it's very far away from me. I'm sorry. Could make it bigger, couldn't I? Moreover, I'm cognizant of the interrelatedness of all communities and states. I cannot sit idly by in Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutually tied uh, mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Never again can we afford to live with the narrow uh, provincial outsider agitator idea. Anyone who lives inside the United States can never be considered an outsider anywhere within its bounds. You deplore the demonstrations taking place in Birmingham, but your statement, I'm sorry to say, fails to express a similar concern for the conditions that brought about the demonstrations. I'm sure that none of you would want to uh, rest content with the superficial kind of social analysis that deals, that deals merely with the effects and does not grapple with the underlying causes. It is, an unfortunate, uh, it is unfortunate that demonstrations are taking place in Birmingham, but it is even more unfortunate that the city's white power structure left the black community with no alternative. In any nonviolent campaign, there are four basic steps. Collection of the facts to determine whether injustice exists, negotiation, self-purification, and direct action. We have gone through all of these steps in Birmingham. There can be no gainsaying the fact that the racial injustice engulfs this community. Birmingham is probably the most thoroughly segregated city in the United States. Its ugly uh, record of brutality is widely known. The black community has experienced grossly unjust treatment in the courts. There have been more unsolved bombings of uh, black homes and churches in Birmingham than any other city in the nation. These are the hard, brutal facts of the case. On the basis of these conditions, black leaders sought to negotiate with the city fathers, but the latter constantly refused to engage in good faith. Then last September came the opportunity to talk with leaders of Birmingham's economic community. In the course of the negotiations, certain promises were made by the merchants, for example, to remove the store's humiliating racial signs. On the basis of these promises, the Reverend Fred Shuttleworth and the leaders of the Alabama Christian Movement for Human Rights agreed to a moratorium on all demonstrations. As the weeks and months went by, we realized that we were the victims of a broken promise. A few signs briefly removed returned, and others remained. As in so many past experiences, our hopes had been blasted, and the shadow of deep disappointment settled upon us. We had no alternative except to prepare for direct action, whereby we would present our very bodies as a means of laying our case before the conscience of the local and the national community. Mindful of the difficulties involved, we decided to undertake a process of self-purification. We began a series of workshops of nonviolence, and we repeatedly asked ourselves, are you able to accept blows without retaliating? Are you able to endure the ordeal of jail? We decided to schedule our direct action program for the Easter uh, season, realizing that except for Christians, this is the main shopping period of the year. 
or except for Christmas, this is the main shopping period of the year. Knowing that a strong economic withdrawal program would be uh, would be the byproduct of direct action, we felt that this would be the best time uh, to bring pressure to bear on the merchants for the needed change. Then it occurred to us that Birmingham's mayoral election was upcoming in March. and We uh, speedily decided to postpone action until after Election Day when we discovered that the Commissioner of Public Safety, Eugene Bull Connor, had piled up enough votes to be in the runoff. We decided again to postpone action until the day after the runoff so that the demonstrations could not be used to cloud the issues. Like many others, we waited to see if Mr. Connor defeated. And to this end, we... Uh, to see Mr. Connor defeated, and to this end, uh, to this end, we endured postponement after postponement, having aided in this uh, community need. We felt that our direct action program could be delayed no longer. You may well ask, why direct action? Why sit-ins, marches, and so forth? Isn't negotiation a better path? You are quite right in calling for negotiation, indeed. This is the very purpose of direct action. Nonviolent direct action seeks to create such a crisis and foster such a tension that a community which has constantly refused to negotiate is forced to confront the issue. It seeks so to dramatize, uh, dramatize the issue that it can no longer be ignored. By citing the creation of tension as part of the work of the nonviolent resistor may sound rather shocking, but I must confess that I am not afraid of the word of tension. I have earnestly opposed violent tension, but there is a type of constructive nonviolent tension which is necessary for growth. Just as Socrates felt that it was necessary to create a tension in the mind so that individuals could rise from bondage of myths and half-truths to the unfettered realm of creative analysis and objective appraisal. So we must, uh, so must we see the need for nonviolent gadflies to create the kind of tension in society that will help men rise from the dark depths of prejudice and racism to the majestic heights of understanding and brotherhood. The purpose of our direct action program is to create a situation so crisis-packed that it will inevitably open the door for negotiation. I therefore concur with you in your call for negotiation. Too long has our beloved Southland been bogged down in a tragic effort to live in monologue rather than in dialogue. Once again, we're reading uh, MLK's letter from a Birmingham jail. One of the basic points in your statement is that the action that I and my associates have taken in Birmingham is untimely. Some have asked, why didn't you give the new city administration time to act? The only answer that I can give to this query is that the new Birmingham administration must be prodded about as much as the outgoing one before it will act. We are sadly mistaken if we feel that the election of Albert Boutwell as mayor will bring the millennium to Birmingham. While Mr. Boutwell is a much more Gentile person than Mr. Connor, they are both segregationists, dedicated to maintenance of the status quo. I have hoped that Mr. Boutwell will be reasonable enough to see the futility, uh, futility of massive resistance. Futility and futility are two different things. Futility, massive resistance to desegregation, but he will not see this without pressure from devotees of civil rights. My friends, I must say to you that we have not made a single gain in civil rights without determined legal and nonviolent pressure. Lamentably, it is an historical fact that privileged groups seldom give up their privileges voluntarily. 
Individuals may see the moral light and voluntarily give up their unjust posture. But as Renhold Nibber has reminded us, groups tend to be more immoral than individuals. We know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Frankly, I've yet to engage in a direct action campaign that was well-timed in the view of those who have not suffered unduly from the disease of segregation. For years now, I've heard the word wait. It rings in the ear of every black person with piercing familiarity. This wait has almost always meant never. We must come to see with our, uh, with one of our distinguished jurists that justice too long delayed is justice denied. Currently reading from MLK's letter from a Birmingham jail. I'm going to skip down to the point that I actually wanted to bring up. I thought it was shorter than this. I've read it before, but it's been a little bit. I'm sorry. I want to go ahead. I'm, I'm fiending for the brownies. Here's the, and I'm also apparently running people off reading this. There is the letter from a Birmingham jail. I encourage everyone to read it. I'm going to read it again. I sound scruffy. Maybe I need more pot. I wanted to specifically... <clears throat> I do kind of have a frog in my throat. I wanted to get specifically to the point of the white moderate. I must make two honest confessions to you, my Christian and Jewish brothers. First, I must confess that over the past few years, I've been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I've almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the black, uh, stro the great, the black great stumbling block in the stride toward freedom is not the white citizens counselor. By the way, yes, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I am indeed censoring a word specifically for TOS on Twitch. Uh, I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the uh, Black's great stumbling block, that sounds horrible, in the stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action. Who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom. Who lives by a mythical concept of time and who constantly advises the blacks to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. Oh, I'm sorry your drug dealer was lonely. I do know you were about out, though, last time I talked to you. 
Tell me what you think about this statue I'm getting ready to show you. This was a statue to MLK that was unveiled in Boston. Apparently, it has caused an uproar because people have been like, What the fuck? I think even the crowd's a little stunned. MLK statue unveiled in Boston last week. Taking Twitter by storm. It's called Embrace. Yes, everyone's saying what the fuck. I've been around art students, so I knew there had to be a meaning behind it. It is apparently based off of this picture. That That's what it's supposed to be. It is his embrace of Coretta Scott King. <laughs> uh, once again, art is weird. Artists have weird ideas. I've been around enough art students to know there is a story behind this. There is a meaning that, like, just looking at it, you're not getting. I agree it's weird looking, but I don't think it deserves all the hate that it's getting. So I just like, I saw somebody, you, you, you think it looks better from that angle? We were watching it uh, like from the other side. You thought it was a guy going down on a lady. <laughs> I can understand why people would think what the fuck. But once you see the picture and I, I would assume the picture is somewhere, there's a plaque with the picture on it. Right-wingers have had a field day with this, talking about, like, blue-haired art students making shit you don't understand. But from the moment I saw it, I'm like, there's a story behind it. It's referencing something. There's a deeper meaning. And then I saw the picture, and like, okay, that's what it is. Though I wasn't as hard on it, uh, on it as other people... Several leftists have been like, shit, that looks stupid. And I understand. But if you're not around artsy people, you don't you don't really understand how they think. I had a lot of friends in the art department. And yeah, looking at it from that angle and having had the picture, I don't I don't think it's that bad now. <sighs> Probably could have done better, though. Go home, statue. You're drunk. <laughs> Let's go over to Fox and Friends and talk about the new anti-woke caucus. It's gonna. This is gonna be happening in Congress. Is behind the first ever anti-woke. I would assume the anti-woke Congress is just somebody who's going to police statues like the one you just saw. It don't make sense to me, so it's too woke. 
you can't have that statue. That's what I assume the anti-woke caucus is about. Caucus. He joins us now. Congressman, thanks for being here. My first question is, where do you start on an anti-woke? Yeah, I was assuming it's pretty much just the Freedom Cock. Well, Pete, for, for the most part, most Republicans are now awakened to this fact that wokeness is weakness. It's a cancer that's eating America from inside out. You look at the recruiting numbers. And our- Wokeness is weakness. Here's the thing, motherfucker. I know you think that's a fantastic catchphrase, but if you can't define exactly what woke is and give me concrete examples, if it's just some nebulous term you're throwing it out there, I'm going to laugh at you. You sound like fucking Jordan Peterson. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. There's a definition, and it's like it fucking uh, innocuous as can be. Aware of and actively attentive to important societal facts and issues. Aware of and actively attentive to important societal facts and issues. I guess, I guess their woke caucus is, and being anti-woke is like, we don't want you to tackle important societal issues. We want you to tackle dumb shit like gas stoves and, and M&Ms. In the United States yeah. military, way off of its goals because many of our troops are telling us they're sick and tired of spending all of their time on diversity and inclusion training on not and not on how to fight wars and compete with our enemies like China and Russia. We have the 1619 Project being pushed on kids in our schools and teaching them that, that America is inherently racist and evil. So here's the... That's just a bunch of buzzwords. And yeah, like I had somebody... Uh, tell me today that colleges are teaching children to hate the country. And I'm like, can you explain to me how they're doing that? And she said, well, I took my kid to uh, indoctrination, blah, 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 blah. It's the schools doing it. I said, okay, you called orientation indoctrination. Uh, What evidence do you have that schools are teaching children to hate the country? Sexy M&Ms are becoming a necessity. Fair enough, Buddha Bean, if you if you can't jack off to the M&Ms. The question that I have for you and all of my Republican colleagues in Congress, or all of my colleagues, rather, is how do we inspire the next generation of patriotic Americans to step up and do what you and I did, raise our right hand and take an oath to defend and protect this country and and maybe perhaps even ultimately pay the ultimate sacrifice for the United States of America if we tell them at the same time that he just said how do we get young people to die for ExxonMobil that America is evil and not worth dying for so that's why I want to start a caucus focus for the first time in Congress on uprooting wokeism that's it it's because of the the kids don't see the military as viable anymore because they don't think Exxon's worth dying for. This is what this is all about. Wow. I just got done leading the largest conservative caucus, the Republican Study Committee, that had about two-thirds of Republicans. Mm-hmm. I hope every single Republican will join me in this cause because it's that important. I would think so because when you look at the tentacles of what that agenda, it's moved into almost everything. I mean, what agenda? Who's pushing this agenda? They'll tell you the commies. Oh, the commies here in this hyper-capitalistic country are, are pushing this woke agenda. 
Maybe the woke agenda has something to do with the reading of Dr. Seuss. Olentangy Schools official cuts off a reading of a Dr. Seuss book during an NPR podcast. The assistant director of communications for Olentangy Local School District abruptly stopped the reading of the Dr. Seuss book, The Sneetches, to a third grade classroom during an NPR podcast after students asked about race. We've got the audio. Let's let's see how this went. It's kind of mean because, like, just because their bellies are plain and they don't have stars on it doesn't mean that they're not special. Right. Doesn't mean they're not special. Noah? It's almost like what happened back then, how people were treated, like, like disrespected. Like, white people disrespected black people, but then they might stand up Based kids. in the book. Oh, so we're, let's keep reading to find out if they do stand up, maybe a little bit. So when you say stand up, get included? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for, right? Yeah. Then There's a lot in this book. That's the beauty of kids' books. They're so simple and complex at the same time. And this is going so well. They're making connections, and I haven't even asked a question. Mandy Robeck keeps reading the Sneetches. A non-Sneetch, Sylvester McMonkey McBean, he rolls into town. And he sees how much worse it is to be a Sneetch without a star than to be a Sneetch with a star. Then quickly, Sylvester McMonkey McBean put together a very peculiar machine. And he said, you want stars like a star belly Sneetch? My friends, you can have them for $3 each. He sees an opportunity to profit. Then, of course, old Sylvester McMonkey McBean invited them into his star-off machine. Then, of course, from then on, as you probably guessed, things really got into a horrible mess. At this point, Amanda Beeman, the communications person with the school district, stands up. She looks really upset. She waves her hands to get Mrs. Robeck's attention to stop reading. Ooh, so it wasn't the teacher that stopped it. It was the communications director for the school district. Yeah, I, I don't know if I feel comfortable with this book being one of the ones featured. I just feel like this isn't teaching anything about economics, and this is a little bit more about differences with race and everything like that. Um, so, do you mind, Mrs. Robeck, if um, we pause this book? I mean, we this, we have a list here of all the things. This is about preferences, open markets, economic laws. Yeah, I just laws. don't think it might be appropriate for the third grade class and for them to have a discussion around it. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with that. If that's true. Okay. I just, as someone, I just don't think that this is going to be the discussion that we wanted to around economics. So, I'm sorry, we're going to cut this one off. Is the communications director a Republican? That was the NPR podcast. So, Shell Meadows Elementary School third grade teacher Mandy Robeck was reading The Sneetches. To her class as part of NPR's latest episode of Planet Money about the economic lessons in children's books. During the podcast, which aired Friday, Amanda Beeman, the assistant director of communications for the school district, stopped the reading partway through the book. Sneeches get stitches. <laughs> NPR reporter Erica Barris spent the day in Robeck's class with Beeman for the podcast as part of the district stipulations. Politics were off limits. Six books were selected ahead of time by Barris and the district, including The the Sneetches. I don't know if I feel comfortable with the book being one of the ones featured. 
the Sneetches published in 1961 is a book about two kinds of Sneetches, those with stars on their bellies and those without stars. The plain belly Sneetches are judged negatively by their appearance. So capitalist Sylvester, uh, Sylvester McMonkey McBean makes money selling them stars for their bellies. Meanwhile, the star-bellied Sneetches don't like associated with the plain-bellied Sneetches, so they start paying to have a machine take their stars off. The Seuss family has said the book was intended to teach children not to judge or discriminate against others because of their appearance and to treat people equitably. It's almost like what happened back then, how people were treated like disrespected, one of the kids said. So the response that Beeman explained to the dispatch on Monday that the school district agreed to be part of the Planet Money story to feature the great works, uh, the great work that Miss, uh, Mrs. Robeck does. We do not ban any books, Beeman said. As the Sneetches was being read, I made a personal judgment call. We shouldn't do the reading because of some of the other themes and undertones that were unfolding that were not shared that we would be discussing with parents. The book touches on racism, segregation, and discriminatory behavior. We are really not about suppressing any viewpoint or dialogues. There were great economic lessons and the conversation wasn't going toward economics. Looking back, Beeman said she does wish she had handled the situation differently by talking to Robeck separately to figure out a way to continue the Seuss book and have the discussion geared more towards economics. Ferris did not immediately respond to the dispatch's questions Monday afternoon. Some of the other books that Robeck's class read were uh, when Bar- uh, Barris visited included Pancakes, Pancakes, Put Me in the Zoo, and Where the Sidewalk Ends. Uh, in 2021, Seuss Enterprise uh, said it would stop publishing six Dr. Seuss books because of racist and insensitive imagery, but The Sneetches was not one of those books. Six books are And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street If I Ran the Zoo, uh, McElligot's Pool and Beyond Zebra Scrambled Egg Super. Oh, and The Cat's Quizzer. None of which are books I've ever fucking heard of. Some of those little fuckers needed their minds blown. <laughs> Indeed, Battle Opossum. Oh, shit. And, like, they could have focused on the, on, what was his name? I enjoyed the dude's name, the monkey. Why can't I find it? Uh, Sylvester McMonkey McBean. Sylvester McMonkey McBean. Ooh, simp. Oh, that's fucking funny. That's also so wrong. Jesus. Uniquely an American problem, too. Yeah, Battle Opossum wasn't here for when we had the toddler out roaming around, had a loaded gun, looked down the barrel of it. Shoo. That footage was insane. And I'm skipping Carrie Lake. We're not doing Carrie Lake. I want to get the brownies. I'm hungry. I want brownies. Uh, is wokeness whatever the fuck this is? Is this wokeness? Or is this patriotic? I'm not sure. Somebody tell me.
Is this woke or patriotic? When Americans stepped on the moon in 1969, it was one in 1969. Nice. Women I mean, it's a big Johnson. It looks like she can barely move in the outfit. Jesus. It is very gaudy. Do you want to see, do you want to see Ukraine? Ukraine's looked wild too. Get you some Ukraine over here. Cause here's the thing I'm going to ask with Ukraine's who did it better? Ukrainian contestant or Kenny Omega? It's it's almost the same exact outfit that Kenny Omega. It's not, but it looks like something Kenny Omega might have wore to Wrestle Kingdom. Who did it better, Kenny Omega or this contestant in the Miss Universe pageant? Warrior of Light, it's a reference to Final Fantasy, but she has both her wings. This warrior of light will help in their fight, Ukraine. <laughs> this warrior of light will help in their fight, Ukraine. Does she have a mechanism that extends the the wings, or are they like mechanical somehow? Ukraine. Also, how are beauty pageants still a thing? This of light and I want I want some uh, gender parity here. I want I want a male beauty pageant. We got some pretty guys around here. Why don't we have them? Male beauty pageants. We need a male beauty pageant. She can at least move. The United States contestant couldn't move in her outfit. Oh. You guys have asked for a content warning anytime I play this man, so here you go. Sassy, good evening. Lenny, good evening. Are you... <laughs> Simp brings up a very good point, Lenny. Florida is indeed south of Boston. <laughs> it's not as good as... It's not as good as that one night when I'm like, let's go to Massachusetts and Bonnie... Uh, uh, Lenny comes in and is like, greetings from south of Boston. It was perfect timing. He looks bewildered already. It's just the first frame of the video. It's just the first frame of the video. 
You guys may remember this going viral a few weeks back, maybe a couple months back. I have no idea what this even relates to, where this came from. This was a teacher. I think it happened in Canada. But I'm not sure what side of the issue they are on. If I had to guess, this is a right-winger. Acting like the woman that dressed up in the the cat outfit. I want to show you guys how absurd you are. Maybe they aren't. So, let's hear from the horse's mouth. They went on with Tucker Carlson, I think on Friday. And Tucker had this face. You doubtless remember the Canadian shop teacher who decided to pull the kids in his class into his weird sexual fetishes. The teacher goes by the name of Kayla Lemieux showed up in enormous fake prosthetic breasts and wagged them at the kids. And for months, the cowardly school board in Ontario, that would be the Halton District School Board, defended this creep. But now, under pressure, including the threat of legal action from parents, they appear to be backing down a little bit. The school board says it will require a professional dress code from teachers, meaning smaller prosthetic breasts, apparently. Well, the Canadian media ignored this story, Rebel News did not. Its reporter David Menzies has been on it from the very beginning. He joins us tonight. David, thanks so much uh, for coming on. You look great, but Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It says Tucker goes one-on-one with commentator who wore giant prosthetic bra- So is this the person that wore them? <laughs> well, you know, you know, Tucker, on network TV, as they say... As they say, give them the jiggle with the giggle, right? (laughs) That is 100%. And look, as long as you feel empowered, we're for it. I have been in broadcasting for over 20 years now. Never heard that one, but I mean, you want to give them the wiggle with the jiggle or whatever the fuck you said? Life is too short to walk this earth for a crusty asshole. Wash your ass. I don't know, DJ Dub. That was my... That was my thought process on it. That they were a right-winger that was trying to make... It's a shop teacher. How many woke shop teachers do you know? If I had to guess, the person wearing the prosthetics was like a Tucker Carlson fan and was trying to make it an issue. Now, the video, which I'm on Fox News... Tucker goes one-on-one with commentator who wore giant prosthetic breasts to make a point. I don't think this is the same person we just saw, is it? Is that the shop teacher? It's reporter David Menzies has been on it from the very beginning. This is reporter David Menzies. David, thanks so much uh, for coming on. You look great, by the way. Uh, <laughs> t- t- well, you know, t- t- you know t- Tucker on network t- t- TV, as they say, as they say, give them the jiggle with the giggle, right? <laughs> that is 100%. And look, as long as you feel empowered, we're for it. Um, but t- t- tell us, like, how, since you are wearing the costume of the shop teacher in Ontario, I mean, I mean how could you teach shop class wearing those things, I guess, just to, just to core competency first? 
Oh, uh, Tucker, you could not. In fact, I've always said, forget about the Ministry of Education. Where's the Ministry of Labor? Uh, long sleeves, long hair, not done up in a bun or a hairnet, jewelry. Um, Bussy Lemieux breaks every shop etiquette rule in the book. And by the way, just in case um, your audience thinks um, I've um, attached myself to some kind of fetish lifestyle or I'm a drag queen storyteller for hire, uh, no, that's not the case. Uh, we, I went there to the Halton District School Board back in October, dressed exactly. The the school board uh, says that they are a transgender teacher and that they are standing behind them. Like uh, Busty Lemieux, the the sheer blouse with the nipples protruding, the blonde hair, the bicycle shorts, and here's the thing about the hypocrisy of the Halton District School Board, Tucker. They're all down with the radical transgender uh, agenda, but only when it's in front of the kids. When it's in front of their school board meeting, they actually fled the room. And I have subsequently been banned for life. For life, Tucker. Nothing, uh, nothing about this smells right. Headquarters and all their schools, uh, because I guess um, I was asking impolite questions and they don't like the idea of drag when it comes to them. Now, the news, Tucker, is that earlier this month, the HDSB trustees approved the request to the education director. Uh, his name is Curtis Innes, he, him. And uh, what they want to do is uh, ha craft a professionalism policy to maintain appropriate and professional standards of dress in the classroom. Now, maybe you and your viewers are saying, wait a minute, isn't this deja vu all over again? Didn't they... Um, look into this back in November. And yes, they did. And it was rejected in November um, by Sarah. I just, I can't Sarah find Kaha, anything on this that's not was, like uh, who is there, uh, far right propaganda, citing Andy NGO so, and two shit. Things here, um, Tucker, what would change from November until March? I don't think anything has. And also, that director of education, uh, Curtis Innes, he, him, he released a statement. Where he allowed saying he him is a mockery that um, he, he might veto a dress code recommendation that they will continue to be you know um, answerable to human rights equity etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So the HDSB well, is kind of like professional wrestling. No, nothing is real until it happens. I don't know what's going on up there. We're gonna have to visit your country sometime soon just to check it out. And I have to. Say, have I'm you never been to Canada, Tucker? Because I am intimidated by your prosthetic breasts and may need to flee. Um, but I appreciate coming on. Anyway, David Menzies, thank you. Well, I will tell you that the school has seen, received numerous bomb threats since right-wingers have made an issue of this. The assholes that say they protect children, putting children in danger, as always. I'm just I'm I'm having a hard time finding a non bias source because there's more to this story. I'm gonna look into this further because, like, I I, I want to know. 
what exactly was going on because I just, I've got a gut feeling that this is some kind of bullshit that a right winger buddy I am almost positive that it's some stupid fuck right winger trying to make a, a statement and that the school board doesn't know how to handle it because the, the right winger is claiming to be transgender. Like this is this is not this is not a true trans person. This is some dumb fuck propagandist. This story stinks. It smells fucking like bullshit. Cause you can't tell me. What do you mean get that? Buddy, 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 are you not getting the 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 point here? This is some dumb fuck right winger who is anti-trans trying to make an issue. Do you understand? Like, I am almost certain they're on the right side of the political spectrum. They're probably Tucker Carlson, Matt Walsh fans. Also, yeah, I don't give a shit about nipples. Work for the kids. Work for the kids. Oh, God. Alex Jones. I okay they're abundantly and unnaturally large okay and your point I'm almost certain that this is bullshit this is a right winger doing a transphobia And I'm going to do some research and I'm going to find out. And I would put money down on it that it's a right winger doing a transphobia. I mean, whether or not people have tits that big. The person wearing the outfit, you dumb shit. The right winger is the, the reporters a right winger, but the person that they're talking about. Smaller this this teacher, under the kids and guarantee it, guarantee it. They are a right winger. This person right here that is being mocked, guarantee it. It's a transphobe doing a transphobia. Was Miss Chokes on Dick the best teacher they ever had? I would say that Mrs. Garrison was the best teacher those kids ever had. Buddy, all Tucker Carlson ever does is try to start an issue. But that's all right-wing propaganda is. <laughs> is trying to start an issue. Alex Jones says he gets mobbed whenever he goes out. 
but not the way you would expect him to get mobbed. I I figure like people would be threatening his life and shit. No, 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 no. He's he's either uh, delirious or he's smoking something a lot stronger than I am. 15, 20 years ago. Now I go to a restaurant. I say, listen, can I be put in a private room? Not because I don't care about the public. It's going to make a major scene. If they don't have a private room, you know what happens? My food gets bought almost every time. And I get mobbed all around the table. And I'm signing autographs for the waiters. And the owner comes out. And I get followed into the parking lot. And women are throwing themselves at me. And I'm not bragging about it. I'm just telling you, when the established... <laughs> <laughs> you live in sexual anarchy. Women are throwing themselves at Alex Jones. Put in a private room, not because I don't care about the public, it's going to make a major scene. If they don't have a private room, you know what happens? My food gets bought almost every time, and I get mobbed all around the table, and I'm signing autographs for the waiters, and the owner comes out, and I get followed into the parking lot, and women are throwing themselves at me. And I'm not bragging about it, I'm just telling you. When the establishment that's so hated came out and demonized me and lied about me and attacked me, all this crap we've been put through, it's been hard for my family, it's been hard for me, we do get haters, we do get stalkers, that 1% that attacks us is terrible, it's not all been roses, but they have made us way bigger and iconic out there, and it's blown up in their face 15, 20 years ago. Now I go to a restaurant. Rampage, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. You're still on the fucking tits. My God, why do you people obsess over this shit? There are some left-wing things that are wrong. No, no, no. You're worried about kids seeing tits and the, and the number one cause of death in kids in this country is guns. But apparently the left-wing is wrong on guns. What an idiot. God damn. Learn to feel embarrassment. Right-wingers morons. My God. Yeah, I, um... Uh... Motherfucker is obsessed about a fucking dumbass right-winger prating around in fake tits. Here's a kid with a gun. Oh, here's a kid just pointing a loading gun at his face. I will. I've said it a million, a million times on this sh on this show. Most people aren't responsible enough to own guns, so most people shouldn't have guns. Most people shouldn't have guns. So we should have far more stringent laws that stop idiots from like this from having guns. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. The majority of people are fucking stupid and have no business having guns. So we should have stricter laws that restrict how many guns there are. Because most people are fucking stupid.
Do you Darwinism? It's not Darwinism. Letting a fucking child grab a gun. Are you a fucking idiot? God damn, I got some stupid fucks in here tonight. Morons. Learn to feel embarrassment. You guys are stupid. Fucking stupid fucks. Ah, it's about time for me to wrap it up and send you guys over to producer Dave for the Plex podcast. But you know I'm going to give you an animal video beforehand. Joe loves making friends with all kinds of animals and the sand sculpture is no different. I mean, I am stupid fuck. Stupid fuck we are. We're all stupid fuck. <laughs> oh God, I love it. I keep... I keep uh, bugging Stardust. I'm like, when are you going to have me on a panel for me to cause drama? I want to go cause drama. That's very low. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> My God, what a stupid fuck. Apparently 45,000 gun deaths is low. My God, the stupidity. Absolute stupidity. How do people like this function in life? How does how does Rampage get up and is able to function in society? My God. If you're watching on Twitch, you're heading over to Echoplex Media. Producer Dave gonna take real good care of you. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We're going to be here tomorrow night with the Troll Patrol live, 8 p.m. Eastern. Same troll time, same troll place.